Support for Laser Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LASERTIME. The one word, LASERTIME, at manscaped.com. Once again, that promo code is LASERTIME for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. And welcome to episode 419 of Vidya Game Apocalypse. It's almost 420, but in the meantime, I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Jason Fletcher Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time uh-huh. and uh, join at the $20 level. Who else is joining me? Ah, uh, disgraced Republican Representative Chris Antista. And Ethan from Resident Evil's manicurist, Matthew Allen. (laughs) And special guest, Michael Williams from PC Mag. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us again to talk about more Resident Evil and also Assassin's Creed stuff. Very, very excited to have you back on. I'm, I'm, I'm for the first time since like Resident Evil 5 excited to talk about a Resident Evil game. Amazing. It worked for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't like many Resident Evil games, but this one. This you didn't like seven. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I just got frustrated and gave up because of the, some of the save system stuff. I just gotcha. Yeah, I, I hated up to having look for clues and or sit through cutscenes, five minute cutscenes, seven times to figure out what to do when the answer is you just shoot him in the head and hope he dies. Like it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no amount of times you have to shoot a more health bar. Sorry, I got frustrated as hell with that game, <laughs> but <laughs> I really did. Yeah, I know. Re- Resident Evil Village, I think, might be the best one since four. Like, and it and it feels the most like a sequel to four. Yeah, like it it hits the same sort of weird old world notes that four did. Yeah, there, there's that feeling again of like, oh yeah, it's still pretty scary and otherworldly, but I'm also collecting random bags of coins that have been <laughs> left everywhere. <laughs> I think I told you guys that in a bonus time. Like, it's not that I didn't think seven wasn't scary or atmospheric, but. I'm from and now live in the South. I can walk three quarters of a mile down the street and apparently discover a graveyard from the 1700s. This is but, not as scary to me. <laughs> but does your graveyard have skulls and buzzsaws as as little jangling mobiles? Like all, from? all I'll say, you know, you know what's even scarier than that? A grave, like a graveyard of seven graves of people who have been dead for over a hundred years with new flowers put down. That suggested all sorts of Resident Evil nonsense. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah. God, whatever. Whoever yeah. lives back here still worships that, these corpses. Or I hate to say it, that suggests like some Confederate families yeah. paying respects. Even to scarier. <laughs> even scarier. My people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you could like just. You know, I can look out across the street at my neighbor's decrepit swamp shack. <laughs> he sells his own chili. That's how he makes a living. And he just wave at me and say, how you doing, boy? How you doing? Y'all want some boiled peanuts? Yeah, I said peanuts. <laughs> Seven was such a thing of its time. Like for a few years there, we were America in general is really into Southern horror. We had like 
True Blood, I think, maybe kicking it off. And then you, you know, you had, um, what was that HBO? True Detective. A lot of true uh, series and, and here. That yeah. movement, so what you call it, MAGA. Yeah, that, that, that. Well, you had, you had Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Bray Wyatt in WWE. Like, there's, a, there was something to be said for like weird Southern horror was like a, very short subgenre for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've, loved, I've loved Resident Evil Seven playthroughs. I just can't get over how much I really like the series going to first person. I just, I really like it. It's so scary. It makes it so much. I, I enjoyed it because I did. I did all of Seven in VR. Like I, yeah, I mean, oh I, that's God. how I tried it at first. That's why yeah. I stopped. It was exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I started it as just like a like oh I'll try it out, and then I ended up playing the entire game. So I was actually kind of sad that. Uh, RE8 has no VR support whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, ho- no, hopefully, I I'm, I'm guessing Sony didn't pony up the dough to like make that possible this time. But it seems like there's rumors about another Sony VR system. I would guess they will add that to the game because it seems like a no-brainer. And as long as it's not terribly difficult, they can I can put see it them in on PC. They might charge I, you extra I, but for it. They you might, have to it remember, it's Resident Evil we're talking about. There's a gold edition they have to sell six months later. That's Ooh. true. They're going to put something else in there. Yeah. I did I did read an editorial that Patrick Klepek wrote for Vice that was like, put VR back into Resident Evil Village, you cowards. And, and like the way that he described Seven as hostile, it's like, that's a that's a really good word choice for, for, for playing Seven in VR, hostile. Yeah, it has interesting jump scares in that. Not like the movie Hostel, but like hostile. No, somebody will grab you by the fucking shoulder and then get in your face Mm -hmm. and turn you and spin you around. It's very strange. It's disorienting. Yes. I'm glad you clarified that, Mug. So like the Pantera song, fucking hostile, like as Mm -hmm. in hostile. (laughs) Yes. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) But it's also interesting watching, you know, listening to people who are only watching streams of it and like it's like your hands are in your face the whole time it's like well you don't really notice that when you're playing but i guess you would if you're just watching someone else play it like that's that's never bothered me the only thing i wrote down is that for some reason how how quickly ethan exchanges guns Mm -hmm. i want to tape it and record it because it looks like his two hands are handing a gun to a third hand. It happens so fast. <laughs> it's a third hand that comes out of his chest. Yeah, you really, never know what really that mold does can set it grow, aside. You know, like there's a table in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that is the thing. So, so hey, who who has finished the game here? Uh, I'm I halfway have. through. Halfway. I, yeah, through. I I finished the part you finished yesterday, Matt, uh, on my second playthrough. So okay, I I'm in a stronghold of some kind. Stronghold. Oh, okay. So you're you're That's pretty far along. Third, yeah, third or fourth lord, isn't it? Yeah, it, it seems to be. I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you're you're the lord. That's not a lord. Which I think a, I made it the scary section. part. Like, is, isn't the part I just did, which is the second lord? That's supposed to be the scariest part of the lord, game. Lord, yes. Lord, right? Yeah. The, the well. doll lord. Yeah. yeah. That's the scariest, and then uh, the stronghold is probably not the most actiony because there's. A later section that is more actiony than that. Yeah, oh yeah, it's pretty damn intense. But but yeah, yeah the, the the section afterward is like yeah, this is this is pure action, and that's the part I've I've seen most people complaining about. But um, it's we, the only time I died. Huh? Okay. Yeah, it really seriously what, like in just the where that. Or? Uh, no, I've never died. No, I, I I'm shocked how, how compared to how much I have died in my two attempted playthroughs of seven. I think I've died like almost actually almost never not maybe from like from falling that is how I have died I've never been killed by mm. something else never I, I I've made a few times like there's been a few times where I was like oh 
I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm doing, and I just went like went back to the last checkpoint. Like, oh, I've wasted a lot of ammo or whatever, something like that, where I just kind of committed oh, suicide, killed myself. Yeah, mm. yeah, just just the, the reset because I'm like, oh yeah, I, oh that's an indestructible creature, or I can't kill it yet, so I'm not going to waste all that ammo. But yeah, in terms of dying, I don't think I've ever really died yet. Yes, I think I died once on the stronghold, and then I died like oh, no. three times in a row. On the second, more actiony section, because mm, okay. um, there's a section where they're just like, "You're gonna stay here for a while. You have to do a thing," and waves of monsters are just gonna keep coming. Ooh, and yeah. that killed me like three mm. times. Before I can I see that, but I, I the, all the things, a lot of things that have frustrated me about this Resident Evil series, I am on record for not getting it. I don't. I love Resident Evil Four. And some of two, and I played five with my friends coast to coast co-op. It was like one of the first times I did that, so I don't know. I, I and I also grew up playing alone in the dark, so the Resident Evil series like didn't really, it didn't feel as new to me as it did for some people. Mm. And uh, but yeah, I, I have a weird history with the series, but this is the first time I have not fallen off uh, since six. Is it is it safe to say? And this isn't an insult. You're you're just not much of an environmental puzzly type of guy. Like I'm don't... not. I'm not a fan of wandering room to room where I'm literally rubbing my crotch up against every piece of furniture yes. in hopes that it highlights one mm. quarter of a key to unlock. I know Mash what door I need button. to unlock. I just <laughs> should have done this. that in VR, baby. Come on. And it's it, it's it, it it. I hate I hate that aspect of it. I know that's kind yeah. of quintessential to the series. So playing some of those remakes, I thoroughly distasteful for me. I just don't gotcha. like re re. And I, I know it's not totally an action-oriented experience either, and that's why I think Village is much like four for me. I'm scared when I'm scared. There's and then there's punctuated by great action crescendos um, that weren't frustrating. That don't rely on resource management, and retracing my steps constantly. Uh, I haven't had to deal with any of that, and and I usually do in almost all Resident Evil games. <laughs> ah, shit! I didn't know I couldn't kill this guy. I, I was wondering if the villain cast. Like, I get the feeling. That the villain cast carries a lot, yeah, more than 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 seven yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there, there's a lot of variety, not just in their worlds, but in their personalities as well. And they're a lot of fun just to see them. Yeah. Well, uh, bounce seven, off of each other. Village also feels like I was thinking about it earlier. Like, imagine if Resident Evil Seven, it, their Baker family, if they were just like the first chapter of the game, and then there was like a whole bunch of stuff afterward. Like that—that's yep. kind of how Village feels. Maybe more compressed than that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what everybody talked about was the first chapter of the game. Yeah, well, that uh, was in all the marketing. Like, I—I I, yeah. I think there are people honestly upset that there's anything more to the game than being stalked by it hurts. fucking Lady Dimitrescu. a little, yeah, Dimitrescu. Lady uh, Dimis New Snoo, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Lady Dummy Thick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised when I was reviewing it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, we're done with her already." Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't stick around that long. Um, but I, I think it's good that the the two of the strongest ones they book in. So she's mm. first, and then the last is Heisenberg, which Heisenberg. I also yeah. I enjoyed his uh, section, which you haven't got to, Matt. But I, the the. It is industrial gothic, as I described The factory. Yes, and it's very cool um, in terms of encounters and even just aesthetics. I was like, oh, I didn't expect you guys to to go this hard this late in the game, but I am impressed, Capcom. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I've had a great 
time with it. And I was telling, just saying to my girlfriend, I, I played a couple, I played a lot of first person shooter horror games and I get tired of the jump scares and just RE Village just strikes that nice beat between, it's not so much, holy shit, what the fuck was that? We're like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. th- those are, th- those How scares are different. Yes. Oh my, what's that sound? Fuck! Never be screaming at something I'm jumping at, but just suspense and trepidation. Mm. And I, I really did yeah. dig that about my, my experience thus far. I'm, it's, and, and, and I have a feeling it's even more fun in a second playthrough because I'll, I'll fucking breeze through this, this thing in a second playthrough. Yeah, did yeah, they, yeah. I was oh, going to oh, ask yeah. you, do I, they change any puzzles around or anything, no. or is it all okay? No, but that, but that's the thing. Like, the, being on the second playthrough, the pacing feels, really different in that like i am just like i know exactly what to do i am my focus is on just clearing as many rooms as possible i want 100 percent this thing turn every room blue and like in in the castle like okay yeah lady to get can can we figure out a way that you can get out of my way so i can go find the last collectible that's hiding in the opera hall please just leave me well, alone you know what her big bit. her big weakness is is a coffee table apparently yeah. <laughs> like oh, okay. there's there, and it was a case of mr x too like the pathing they use for those AI enemies is like pretty much just kite them around anything that they have to turn and you will be able to run yeah. away so quickly. Yeah. It's, I, was, I was able to like run like like crouch slide underneath her claw and just like get behind oh, her. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Unlike uh, Mr. X, I think RE2 had thinner corridors. Oh, like okay. RE2 was very much like here's a thin corridor. Here's Mr. X. There's yeah. very little way for you to get around. I, you're right. I, I, after a while, I forgot. Like, yeah, I can just run beside her on like any corridor and get yeah. a, get, a, get around. Whereas, her. There, there are a few places where you have like yes. you know very narrow corridors and enemies that are taking up the entire space in front of you. Yeah, but usually, yeah. like with the stalking enemies, mm. there's always mm. like a, a way. Like especially Lady D, like you, you can I, just move back one room. And then, like, do a loop, and you're right. Good. Yeah. I think you guys ruined one thing for me, and it's it's not your fault, but it's like you made it very clear, like, hey, there's certain enemies to just run from, like the daughters. Whenever I would hear the daughters, and I knew, like, oh, this isn't this isn't meant to be their boss battle, I would just bail, right? And so they would be like yeah. mid line, and I'm like, oh, I'm missing some really fun dialogue of them talking shit to me, just because I'm like sprinting to the next room, like, nope, <laughs> yeah, nope, that, that like, was fuck that, off, nope. That, maybe it was talking to you guys that was somehow more apparent, even even with like some you know more vanilla lichens like i don't have to do this right now yeah i don't have to fight the if i'm super low powered and i have very little ammo i i can i can hide in here and i can keep looking for equipment yeah and i yeah just not having to fight everything outright i, I also wanted to say that playing the game the second time like they do give you some stuff uh when you finish the game you can you know they give you some new weapons that are only available on new game plus that you can earn some are, are hmm. just like here unlock it in this bonus menu yeah and now you can a, it- like it's called the bonus content store. Yeah, so yeah. as you complete achievements, you get what they call CP content points. Mm-hmm. And then you can use those to unlock new weapons, infinite ammo for certain weapons. Oh, But the trick is, for those infinite ammo cheats is you have to have fully upgraded the weapon on a previous playthrough. So, like, my repeat playthroughs tend to be... Okay, this is it. we're we're gonna lock the the second pistol infinite ammo. Mm. So let's put all of our resources into this, huh. and then we'll beat it this yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm playing on standard normal, and like I have a ton of money left over. 
Um, I'm not out of ammo. I yeah, I can I could probably level up a bunch of weapons. And and also uh, there is a weapon that I like a knife that I unlocked, which I thought was just like oh this is just a reskin of the standard knife. And so I, I was kind of playing around with it, and then there's this part in the castle where a bunch of enemies lurch out at you, and I'm just like, fuck it, I don't even care. I'm just going to rush these guys with a knife. And I found out, like, this brings them down in, like, three hits. This is amazing. What? Oh, really? I have not tried yeah. the, the, the new knife. You know what? I didn't like how you had to get the knife, though, where you had to go, I, 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 I want the knife. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> yes. That thank you. If you understood that reference, reach out no. DM me because we're going to be friends. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. No, I didn't. But I laughed along with you in support. All right. So we are Golden we Child? are breaking you, You're not familiar here. with Golden Child, Chris? Uh, I have not seen that movie since I was at a slumber party. Oh my so like a year ago. <laughs> I mean, it is a pretty old movie, but <laughs> but it's so good. But Eddie Murphy was still funny when that when that movie came out. So. Come now, come now. But we uh, we are breaking format a little bit here. We can talk more about this in the new releases segment if you guys want. I think we're all super excited about it. We're going to do a spoiler cast maybe in a week or two, and you can all yep. read uh, Mike's review at pcmag.com. There it is. But we wanted to. I wanted to get into the top five, which uh, we talked about before. Uh, our friend of the show, Dave, uh, pitched this to me. Like, well, since you guys are so focused on Resident Evil this week, why don't you talk about what zombie games were like before Resident Evil? And that was an interesting idea. So games that yeah. came out before 1996, which basically means 8- and 16-bit games, arcade games and PC games are fair game. And this was a little little trickier than I thought. So to narrow things yeah. down, yeah. We, we made some rules. These have to all be more or less zombie-focused. They can't just be like, you know, Castlevania, which has zombies but is not primarily about mm -hmm. them. It has yeah. to be, you know, at least most of the enemies have to be zombies or they have to be thematically important to the game in some way. And, yeah, we are going to get into the five most interesting ones that I was able to track down right after this. Chris. Matt. Come with me mm. on a journey of the mind. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Mm. You too could be one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 4.0 and be blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. We've talked about our trials and travails while trying to tame the hair down there. Let's just say that areas of the body were placed in peril that should never be put in such precarious positions. I've been manscaping for a very long time oftentimes with painful results. I don't know why those other trimmer guys even call those things guards, because it certainly wasn't doing its job in guarding anything <laughs> the times that it resulted in injury. Take my word for it. Manscaping has always been something I've been very much into, and no one made a product specifically for, and I didn't think I could be happier with the previous Manscaper, but man, I cannot wait to try out the Lawnmower 4.0. Chris, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my beautiful baby boys down under. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch with a travel lock so that you don't run out of battery when you're on the go. It doesn't accidentally turn on there in your bag. Not that you would run out of battery because get this, 
The 4.0 features a new wireless charging system that uses Whoa. electromagnetic induction, Whoa. which can help your battery last longer. So, longer charge, shorter hairs. Ah. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. It's true. It's true, fellas. You got to figure out which one's right for you because if you're like me and have a hairy tummy or everywhere else, you can't just go shorn have it look like a brush fire occurred in the middle of your body yeah this isn't a one-size-fits-all thing i go a little bit longer in the chest region i go with it's the magnum is what i call it the magnum pi look but this also gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on or off when needed for a more precise shave the other thing i gotta mention it here fellas if you've been using the same trimmer on your face that you do on your nuts don't do that you are doing it all wrong no one wants to end up with pubes in their mouth that's disgusting (laughs) it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with manscaped to make Mm -hmm. me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth baby boys Mm -hmm. and right now chris our listeners can get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code laser time at manscaped.com that's right 20 percent off Free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code LASERTIME. One word, baby. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Folks, you know us here at the Laser Time Network. We consume a lot of of content for quote-unquote research purposes. (laughs) From games to TV shows to movies, we're always online downloading something, streaming something. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to access a piece of content you want because it isn't available in the U.S. for whatever reason. Oh, those things like annoying licensing deals, geo-restricted servers, or platforms that are just not available in your location make it next to impossible to get your hands on the stuff you want. Hey, that's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN is our sponsor today, and they provide an easy-to-use workaround for all these problems. With over 5,400 servers in 59 countries, they can always find a server to get us access to the game, shows, and movies. We need to do our job. It could not be any simpler to use either. With their AutoConnect feature, you can instantly access the fastest VPN solutions out there across a variety of devices, including PC, Android, iOS, Mac, and even more. Hey, maybe even Android TV. Just open a map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It is that easy. Is there a game or movie or TV show not available in your country? It's not a problem anymore. Just change your virtual location for access to a variety of international storefronts. You can even do this to access different streaming platforms that may not be available in your home country. Talking to you, Canada. You can find discounts on games, lower streaming subscriptions, and even take advantage of international sales and pricing. So how do you get on this? Easy. Go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime or use the coupon code LazerTime to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. And hey, they even have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you've got nothing to lose. Once again, go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime to use the code LazerTime, one word, to get a two-year plan plus one additional month at a huge discount. Thank you, NordVPN. And we're back to talk about what? Zombie games. Zombie games. Pre- pre-RE zombie, zombie games. games. Zombie Old games. school Pre- ass zombie games, beginning with... Number five. Welcome to hell, sucker. Get your booty down here, you poor damn fool. <laughs> Winston gonna cut you down, man. But we gotta jump quick now. Zombie come. Okay, I'm allowed one ironic entry. <laughs> no, no, this is perfect. This it, is it perfect. Is, it is, well, this is... This is Corpse Killer. What? I started watching a playthrough of it and fell in love 
immediately. <laughs> yeah. It it's, is, a, it's like penult, It's like the ultimate Sega CD game. Yes. <laughs> when you look at this shit, you're like, yeah. holy shit. FMV, as far as the eye can see, yep. it's, it's glorious. I, I, I had not played this, but I vaguely remember, like, I didn't remember it until you were like, oh, this is on the list and I looked it up, I was like, oh my god, I do remember that. This is like that. the last great uh, Sega it's CD been remastered. game. Because it's been I, re- I... yeah, It's I, been remastered for, like, PS4. You could, it had I, a I bought it on Steam to play it. Wait, what? Yeah. It's like 15 yeah, bucks. I, and I had no idea why until I watched it and I realized... <laughs> Okay, well, it's it's kind of neat that this existed. This is uh, a a long unknown role of uh, Vincent Chiavelli, who uh, you may know as the Subway Ghost from Ghost. Uh, <laughs> Get off my train! Yeah, yes, a lot of Milos Forman. Yeah. And uh, and here he's the bad guy Hellman, who's kind of like if Colonel Kurtz was a necromancer. Your notions of death are all backwards, Lieutenant. You're the one decaying and dying. My soldiers have been charged with the elemental power of nature. It ripped them out of the ground and stood them up. Eternal death is inevitable. You can have it in a box or standing tall. Your choice. The whole time he was thinking, I am never winning an award for this. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't think he ever thought that about most of his roles. Uh, he's he's like, this, this is gonna be the, this is gonna be the one Leslie Nielsen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas are gonna remember me for. Cybermania. Cybermania. So, so one thing before. is like, I feel bad. There are so many games that like Night Trap got all the publicity as like, oh yeah, FMV cheesy game, and it's like. It does games like this a disservice because the production values for this game, they're horrendous. Don't oh, get me wrong. It looks like, like an, zero an episode budget. of Tropical Thunder, of, you know, the whole Kogan TV show. But it's yeah. like it's still way better looking than that Night Trap ever was. And it's like there's there's some production values that went into this is for the cutscenes, But then the gameplay is, is, is so is, bad. There's clearly a scene in here with a broken windshield in the FMB. But, yeah, the gameplay looks like it looks like. Looks like the crew of Tim and Eric yes. Awesome Show working <laughs> yes. shit out. It's, it's like it's like if a, a series bad sketch of show was pretending <laughs> to like if they were acting out a video game. Like this is what it would look like. It's yeah. so good. And I mean these these were these were horrible. So like I was I was working at a mom and pop video game store, and I remember the Sega CD came out, and I got Sewer Shark, which was another one of mm-hmm. these games. Yep. And and you you load it up and you're like oh man this is gonna be great this is gonna be fantastic <laughs> and then the the game starts and I put game in, in quotes and it's they're all bad oh, like terrible. every last one of them is bad yeah, yeah the only FMV oh game God. that is pretty decent to me I will still argue is the seventh guest seventh guest is is pretty yeah. decent game oh seventh guest on PC yeah, yeah burn cycle isn't terrible either. Um, there, there are a few decent ones from that era, but this is not one of them. But if you watch <laughs> it in motion, uh, which, by the way, sounds like this. I mean, if you're if you're real, real actors, but still yeah. sounds like operation. <laughs> it does. It, it moves a little bit like it, too. But if you yeah. like if you watch the old Sega CD 32X version like that looks 
it's so pixelated that it looks more video gamey. It's still ridiculous. Yes. But now I, I seeing the remastered versions, like I can see why they remastered this because they clearly found all the old film that was used. Like the yeah, original and film. used it to reconstruct it, yeah. the game. Uh, because it's all, all of the zombie footage just looks like people either walking in place slowly or just like sitting in an, an invisible blue chair and flailing their legs around as their sprites fly slowly from the background into the foreground. Uh, it, it looks like a series of gifs being enlarged yes. in After Effects, that, with no, with no knowledge, like with zero knowledge of physics or where their feet are in relation right. to the ground. Yes. Sometimes like they're, they're walking, floating, sometimes like, they're floating. It's it's it really makes me want a remake of like Aerosmith's Revolution X. I want to see like the video version. That was the of one that. I was thinking, yeah. like yeah. HD video. Oh my! Because like yeah, it, it, a lot of those games we didn't realize they're kind of hiding. They look more video gamey because they're hiding behind the poor quality they could put in the game at the time but like this yeah that's, that's what i was about to say yeah. like like I, that jump when we jumped to hd and like some things like weren't prepared for that jump yeah, yeah. they were they were made to hide the imperfections behind the medium itself yes. and and yeah these these games are definitely I, I remember bad. when that happened with tv where it's like oh we the stuff that we used to be able to fake in set dressing like would we we you know because no one would ever see the detail we have to put in the detail now otherwise people at home with HD TVs yeah. will see and get a different experience than the people with standard def TVs and it was just like yeah it was like same thing happened with games you know yeah they couldn't have been taking this seriously because like it starts out with like you know standard zombies that look like they crawled out. They were rejects from Michael Jackson's Thriller video or something. Just like big prosthetics that are right. rot, rotten clothes. <laughs> Some of them are the same person layered yeah. over yeah. Yeah. themselves. But a lot look like <laughs> Rob Zombie but, for some reason. Yeah, but <laughs> then the it, it gets sillier because then yeah. like you go into the swamp stage and it's like now everyone here is like a, a hippie from the 70s for some reason. They're all doing like these <laughs> disco moves. And this other stage, Brains, they, they look like uh, gangsters and cholos with that, like you know, top button uh, shirt open look that was popular at the time. Yes, Orale. yes, Orale. I don't understand. Three guy, why am I shooting at three zombies with a backwards hat? <laughs> I don't know. How did he keep this on the whole time? And, Someone make a blood in, blood out video game, please, yeah. please. And and in between these these two actors, um, locos forever. Uh, Bridget Butler and Jeremiah Burkett, who are talking to the camera. And uh, Bridget Butler, she's Julie, and she just kind of keeps... She's a journalist who awkwardly tries to flirt with you a whole bunch, just, again, talking straight Hello. into the camera. You were wicked. I got it all on film. The human highlight reel. Rastafari! <laughs> <laughs> Next time you should stay a little more close at hand. Uh, Jeremiah Burkett, uh, stealing the show with just absolute oh. devotion to this Rasta stereotype he's playing. <laughs> ah! Fupa! Balana zombie Fupa! Kenwa, welcome wagon. Light him up. Hey Winston, what's your favorite Russian game about flatulence? Fatris. <laughs> <laughs> As, What's your favorite part about the uh, the shop guy in Resident Evil Village? <laughs> <laughs> that actor, Jeremiah Burkett, is uh, you can currently see him on uh, Them, where he plays the tap dance man, which is a terrifying blackface character. Oh, that's him. That's wow. him. Yeah. 
So Rastafari. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, God, that's, uh, please oh save that sound, please for future things. That's the same like uh, Rastafari for no reason. Just yes, yeah, throw it in there, you know. <laughs> but but he's great and uh, gets gets most of the best lines. I think this is the place. What are you whispering for, woman? The man just shot his gun out two hundred times. I think Helman knows we're here, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well. you're just the lieutenant trying to save your army buddies from being zombified and at one point you cure one of them and his head just like balloons with like it's like a fisheye lens effect and they clearly did like some morph thing to get his face back to normal and he's just like oh lieutenant oh i'm so glad to see you and michael makes some rodney dangerfield for no reason (laughs) (laughs) hey we're gonna get dead i was going for more of a don nuts but sure i'll take it whatever you say michael (laughs) why i'm a fish michael this is don nuts you're right you're right the corpse killer uh just (laughs) so good so enchanting to look at and i um, have to play this remaster because i saw the remaster first and like this is fooling no one, but yeah, the old the nineteen ninety four five footage mm-hmm. is totally passable as a video game. Yeah, I might have yeah. to play this on stream. The first thing I thought of when I saw this is like, this reminds me of old laser time streams, like the kind of games yeah. you would play. It's so bad, but the only games I would ever want to play. Yeah, <laughs> and I was talking to, to a friend of the show, Greg Moore, earlier, and he made a good point. It's like this is a good one to talk about because. It helps. It tells you something about the media landscape that Resident Evil came into. Resident Evil was like two years after this, mm-hmm. and like this is what zombie meant at the time. It's just like the and, and, campiest but, shit imaginable. And Resident Evil had those video sequences. In oh, the yeah. oh yeah, it did. Yeah, that carried literally the same energy. Yeah, yeah. Until that's, they, they were taken, they were they removed in the director's cut? No, they were there. I, th- I thought they were eventually removed and, and replaced before the remaster. Maybe, maybe in the remake, but they—I like, I, I yeah—they the weren't the remake. Cut, they were still there because that's the only one I've played of, of OG Resident Evil One is the remake, and yeah, they, they did not have the FMB scenes. Um, but no, Greg makes a great point. Like this, the reason this list was hard to put together is. The industry now is so lousy with zombie games. Mm-hmm. You, you just assume like, oh, zombies have always been a major genre of game. Like, there's, it's almost its own genre. Like, oh, it's a zombie game, right? And it's like, it's, no, it's Resident Evil baffling. made that happen. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty baffling how, how people left this on the table for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, there were more fucking Frankenstein games than, <laughs> than a goddamn zombie game. And like, you think they, about like, they were always a, th- a throw-in enemy, you know? Yeah, well, Smash TV. Why weren't those zombies? Why were they dudes right. with clubs? Like, why were they real humans? I was slaughtering <laughs> <laughs> to make them zombies. You can get a better rating. Sure, because that was a Running Man video game. Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, those are humans point. in Running Man. Good point. Good point. But uh, but yeah, and and yeah, Resident Evil redefined what zombie games could be. And for a while, like every horror game had to be like Resident Evil. Like it was just a wave of knockoffs through that whole 32-bit generation. Oh yeah. But um, I I would like to move on to something much much earlier. Number four. Um, this is a game we've talked about before. Oh, I know what this is because it's so funny when you watch footage of this game. Mm-hmm. The way that damn zombie walks on the screen is the same every time. The same clotting. Dunk, dunk. This is zombie without knee. 
This is just right. zombie with an eye, right? Right. The 1986 yes. Ubisoft's first game. Full disclosure, I work for Ubisoft. So he loves this game. <laughs> I love it. it. I adore it. This this game came out for a variety of systems. And I've, I've seen a bunch of different versions. And I, I thought for a while that the Amiga version, which is what we just heard, was the best. But now I'm of the opinion it might be uh, the Atari ST version. Here's what that sounds like when a zombie dies. Oh, music, roars, things are happening. Yeah, Jesus. So so the original zombie was heavily inspired by Dawn of the Dead, that you've got a group of four survivors that you can switch between at more or less any time, I think, and you're in this mall, and things kind of run on clockwork, and your goal is to secure the place and uh, accomplish several goals so you can escape from the rooftop by helicopter before the place is overwhelmed. And uh, a lot of it, it is, is just exploring in first person, uh, finding weapons, shooting zombies when they appear. The zombies are actually very slow and kind of easy to escape from when it's just an individual one. Because you'll, you'll always get like a little warning of like, oh, you're in the same room with one. Maybe leave. There's an icon up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and no, Nobody talk to him. Nobody, nobody let him know we're here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if one of them kills you, which sounds like this. dog out of here. I was you, about to say, that's a dog? Yeah, you can become a zombie and roam oh, the, the same room where you died. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I think it's very ahead of its time, honestly. Like, there were a lot of graphical adventure games back then. Not a lot that I remember running on a, on a clock like that that were, were dynamic in the way that zombie was. Yeah, you which can't. then uh, Dead Rising series took and ran with, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. You can't blow my mind with this twice, but you did previously when we learned this is the predecessor to Zombie U. Mm-hmm. Right. The Wii U exclusive. Yeah. I wish you could do that again, because I was so baffled by what <laughs> What does this mean? Why is this spelled like this? Uh, oh, it's a reference to Ubisoft's first game, and they're celebrating it by making a new Wii U version, which is now out everywhere and just called Zombie? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. zombie again. It's, it's a bit like when I, I, at one point, was working on the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, a game that, don't worry if you don't remember it, not many people played it. Eventually went to mobile. Uh, fun game, though, but we were walking through the halls of UB Montreal, and I looked, and there was an old Ubisoft game just called Mighty Quest, and I was like, wait, is this, like, related? And it's like, not really, but, you know, we have the name, so we might as well use it. <laughs> Yeah, and I th- Ubisoft uses every part of the 1986 game. Yeah, they're like Imagineers. <laughs> they just reuse things, you know? Uh, I know. I, I think I, another thing that I blew your mind with, Chris, was the revelation that in Europe, uh, Dawn of the Dead, I think in a lot of yeah. territories, was just titled Zombie. Yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Lucio Fulci's movie, Zombie, it was uh, Zombie 2 without the E originally. Uh, and it was it was like an unofficial sequel to to Dawn of the Dead, but <laughs> that's there's enough of those that. already. Yeah, there's a lot of those going oh, around. Tons of those, tons of those. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I I feel like we've talked about this before. I don't have a whole lot else to say about the original no. zombie, other than that, like it was important. It broke ground for its time. It was the this, Resident Evil of its day. This whole era to me is so strange, though, in that like. 
think of a video game, it's like the graphics take up the entire screen. But there were so many games on personal computers back then where it's like the graphics are just the upper left quadrant of mm-hmm. your screen and then like the right is your UI usually and yeah. then the bottom is, is like inventory or, or other text and it's just like it's like this tiny little graphical screen on this big screen it's so weird that they and, would do that you know? wasn't uh, Resident Evil Game Boy like this? One of the Resident Evils like yeah, the there was, was almost like zombie Mm-hmm. I think I think it well it was it was like a top down RPG sort of thing I never played Gaiden yeah. But yeah. yes, it was guy. That's, yeah. that's the one. You named was. a whole show after it. I know. <laughs> it just means side story. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. You didn't? No. Which makes me I'm wonder what show. Ninja Gaiden is a side story of. Like, is there a larger yeah, I've, grand? I've never. Ninja under, I, I think it might also mean messenger or something. Which is yeah, okay. like someone who's never played the original Ninja. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, is that where the name the messenger comes from? Is they I, were I, I always thought it did, but that might have been just like a, an urban legend at the time, like a mistranslation that got wafted around. It's like, oh, it means ninja messenger. So, uh, urban legend as of like two years ago when the messenger came out. No, I mean as of when I, I was know. a kid, because I remember hearing that when I was little. But that might not. Uh, be right. Let me let me tell this to the Fox News crowd now. Urban legends aren't <laughs> allowed anymore. We can. <laughs> there's no asking questions if there are people yelling the answers to you and you won't listen. They are they are the party of urban legends right now, dude. It's just like fucking Bigfoot aliens. Get them in here. We got a huge tent. <laughs> Got, got a man with a hook music. hand who wants to talk about some teenagers. That's just more <laughs> propaganda from the art museum in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. The, the, the GOP is basically late night with Art Bell. It's coast to coast, dude. Like that's they're the party of coast to coast. Oh. Well, anyway, let's move along to number three. Section one. <laughs> Uh, this is absolutely my mom working out on the Wii Fit. And, and, <laughs> it's not your imagination. There are a lot of dogs screaming in dogs. that clip. Okay. Uh, this is Beast Busters. And no, the beasts that it refers to are not dogs. This is a an arcade shooter, sort of like Operation Wolf, with like the, the, the guns that you can shoot for three players. Uh, it's by SNK. And it's just an on-rail shooter in a mysterious town filled with zombies most no. of whom have guns but are all unmistakably zombies. I'm glad we I'm glad we got one of these in here because I was I had proposed House of the Dead and then you correctly mm-hmm. pointed out to me like well technically that came after Resident Evil 1. I'm like, "Really?" Like, yeah. yep. and so yeah, it's so good that we have a light gun uh, and, zombie and, game in arcades. Beast and this Buster. one never actually died. There were like two sequels, two or three sequels. And yeah, I that makes think sense. it came out on mobile. It like, did recently. Yeah, it was like a free-to-play mobile game. I think it came out in like 2013, 2014. I tried looking for it. And it's not on the iOS store anymore. But but yeah, they did it with like King of Fighters characters also. Oh my uh, god, what? Yeah, King of Fighters <laughs> characters shooting zombies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is just very anarchic like you're you're watching playthroughs and it's just like shit is popping up and exploding all over the screen uh they seem to really somebody working on this game seems to really fucking hate dogs because there are zombie dogs jumping at you constantly and the first boss 
is a leather jacket wearing knife throwing punk zombie that when you shoot him enough turns into a dog just so you have another dog to shoot. Someone was working through some fears when they I mean I, 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 I'm going to change the names to protect the innocent. I can't remember if I told this story on the show before, but there's a game I worked on in the past. Not, not what I'm working on now. Um, a game I worked on well, a long time ago in the past where the developers had sent over like a demo level and it, but it or sorry, it was the tutorial. It was like the beginning of a game and everything you fought in there was a dog, like a feral dog. And I'm just like, <laughs> I put it down and I went. I, like I had a call with them and, and they're like, so what'd you think? And I'm like, I think someone there needs to work through some issues with dogs. Like, honestly, like this, we cannot put this out like this. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you guys, you just, it's, it's all dogs. Like at least make them zombie dogs or something. <laughs> Sean so is really proud of the polygons and his dog. He tried to make other things. They didn't look as good. <laughs> I dog. told him, I, I said, I've never been disturbed playing a tutorial like this, but like, dude, just, Mix in one other enemy for me to fight. It can't just be the dogs, dude. Uh, so. What if the hulked out Napoleon was uh, also a dog and the <laughs> lead designer was uh, Norm MacDonald? And- <laughs> I mean, you fucking cat owners have gone too far this time. Just relax. And, and, and dogs are not the only target of the developer's rage. At one point, a semi-truck pulls up, a side panel opens... And a ton of identical female zombies pour out for you to shoot. So that sound like a, a monkey screeching is like all the women zombies as you're shooting. <laughs> Uh, yes. Once again, somebody had some things they <laughs> needed to work <laughs> so. But then, then that's that's uh, Incel that's, Interactive over here. Fucking yeah. <laughs> after after that, you get to to shoot up, you know, some some more zombies wearing uh, racing gear, and then you go out onto the open road, and zombies are driving cars after you and shooting at you, and they're not. That was also in Corpse Killer. I love I love zombies in racing gear. That's the thing that mm-hmm. needs to happen more often because Corpse Killer had them too. They were like in motorcycle helmets, and I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck yes! Like, yeah, oh, not, there's like zombie zombie, football players that'll charge at you in here. Well, if that I mean, would have happened. ATV versus MX would still exist. That's just God, Beetlejuice, right? The zombie zombie football team. So get out, get out, get out. Um, sorry. <laughs> I forgot what you were talking about. Yes, there's a zombie football team. Right? They're, they're in purgatory or whatever when he yes. goes and sees his, his caseworker. Yeah. Beastbusters. It's just nonstop exploding zombies and shooting. It's crazy. It, it did get sequels uh, going into the 3D era. Uh, and, um, yeah, I kind of want to move on to the next one now. What a <laughs> Number two. Game one rules. Of, one of the best arcade beat em ups that I've played in recent <laughs> That I'd years. never heard of until it, uh, on the show. Really? So yeah. I think is this is so Night I, Slash? Yeah. Night Slashers. Night Slashers. Night Slashers is great. It's on uh it's on Switch too, I think. Like they is did it really? Yeah. yeah. So I, I have heard of it, but like parts of this have to be like copies, right? This is Dates. This is like five because like the main character guy 
looks like Maybe. Captain Commando. I had to yeah, look. I was like, bit. wait a minute. Well, he's like, he's if Captain cyborg. Commando had had uh, Jack's arms and was in a hair yeah. metal band. <laughs> he's a cyborg, but there are three playable characters, and the other one, the best one, Christopher, mm-hmm. is like a disgraced magician vampire hunter, and the other one is just the master of martial arts. And so this is just Data East, like, whatever. Like, let's just put every kind of fighting it, yeah. in, any beat-em-up character in here. Uh, it, but it's the Darkstalkers beat em up that I've always wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the zombies, like, if you're playing the uncensored version, the zombies are really gruesome. Like, they've got fucking loops of intestines hanging out of them. Uh, their, their heads. Shit, did I play the intestines? Or the, uh, I played the censored version then. Uh, the, yeah, you get green blood with the censored version. Oh, shit, uh, are you kidding? Yes, there was, there, the, that the blood is red. Is, is gory in, in the mm-hmm. style that it was back then. It's in, like, Splatterhouse or something. Yeah. Holy yeah. lord. Because that is a lot of green. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and you can you can knock their heads off. And, and, and whether you're playing censored or uncensored, their deaths are extremely squishy sounding. It's gross. That's some squishies. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of squishing. But uh, this, beyond this the game is the shit. I played it. Yeah. I played it almost all the way through today. I love this game. Yeah, it's it's three <laughs> player. It's absolutely fucking bonkers, and it's yeah. it's a really fun beat 'em up. And it has some some amazing dialogue when you get to the bosses. You think you can beat me? You can't beat me. That's it. That's it. <laughs> let's, let's do that again. We both did the same line. Let's, <laughs> uh, 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 let's try again. Eternal fire awaits you. You think so? I like that. You think so? It's like it's like such an eighties. You answer like, every question with a question. Eighties <laughs> tough guy thing. Like, oh, come at me, bro. Come on. You think you can't come at me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, we game were, is, we this game is this game is great. Everybody has everybody has uh it has all the the my favorite things in a beat 'em up. It has a dash move. Mm-hmm. It has a that that ultra power I'm fucked move. This will take a little bit off my life move. And then it has another one of those that takes off less of your life. But my favorite thing if you jump in like in in place like non dive kicky you knock someone into the ground and you can stomp their fucking heads yeah. while they're stuck in the ground with almost any character, even some bosses. <laughs> yeah. And and one of the bosses is Pinocchio, like an evil Pinocchio. Oh, that's right. And Geppetto. Yeah. It's fucking... This game is awesome. It is. It, yeah, in addition to, like, fighting vampires, draculars, and uh, werewolves, and human torches... <laughs> yes, you can fight Pinocchio and Geppetto. I was always a fan when beat 'em ups when the genre like did something other than just street gangs. It's like, yeah, that's why yeah, yeah. I will always have time for things like that King Arthur one is the Knights of the Round or whatever. It's like, yeah, fucking like just even like the D and D ones. It's like, yeah, I like when beat 'em ups try something different, and it's like. Of course, there's there should be a gothic horror one with a dude with robot arms. Of fucking yes. course, you know, and it's, it's perfect. Yes. And, and the only thing I, like that would, doesn't stay in the test of t- there's a, a two Aztec villains, mm. but instead of giving them like flame powers by Quetzalcoatl, they are wrestlers and just spear you and like uh, like DDT you all over the place. It is hysterical. It becomes a full on like Saturday Night Slam Masters game during that that boss portion. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, Lucha Libres have that like you know powerful like. Uh, That's a little um, more what I what they're patterned after yes yeah but i wonder if joe 
this is a Japanese game. I wonder if JoJo had started then. Yeah, I, probably. When did this come out? 1993. 93. Oh, really? 93? I would have guessed earlier. But... Yeah, same as same as some of these other ones. Um, yeah, I, th- I think JoJo was gone back then. Well, I, I want to know why the re-release on Switch is referred to as Johnny Turbo's Arcade Night Slashers. Well, like, let me tell uh, you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, Johnny Turbo is a name, uh, the, the pseudonym for Jonathan Brandstetter, who became famous in ad comics that ran in game magazines. As Johnny Turbo, when the Turbo Duo was being sold and failed in the U.S., and he has continued to use the pseudonym, and I think he acquired the rights to all of Data East's old games, so he's been re-releasing them, and I think he might also be behind, like, there's a recent game called Heavy Burger that's just, like, crossing over all these different (laughs) Data East games where you, like, you play as the chef from Burger Time, but you have guns, and it's, like, a four-player thing. Heavy burger. heavy burger, a heavy barrel reference. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so looking, JoJo Part Two was in like the eighties, like eighty seven, eighty nine, mm-hmm. which had Aztec vampires. Yeah. Um. So I, I would not be surprised if Dadies was like, let's let's just take a little bit of that. The character designs are a little similar now that you mention it. So I, <laughs> I could see some crossover there. <laughs> Man, and it's so uh, weird. It's available on Switch, but like I'm looking, it's not on Steam. So like, yeah, if you want to play this thing, it's only eight dollars on Switch. That's that's a good. Yeah, actually, Switch is Switch is only a worse Steam. I was about to say is it is Switch through the like like arcade archives collection? Probably no. It's just, it's on its own, standalone. Oh really? Oh no, hamster, no buy, no, no whatever. I love this fucking game. It's really good. Yeah, and you you can play up to three players on Switch even. Sweet. So hell yeah. But yeah, Night Slashers is goddamn amazing. You should all go check it out on Switch or any other way that you can get it. Uh, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Anyway. Number one. You weren't putting this in here. <laughs> oh, this is the reason for the list. I mean, for me, the music is what I most closely associate with this game. But you guys, you guys remember this at all? Is this a vocal? Yeah. Well, this this is partially uh, inspiration for the list as well because this oh, yeah. one of the news items was this game is coming to Come current back. consoles this summer. Yeah, this is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Right. And and its sequel is coming as well, Ghoul Patrol. Yeah, which I played a little bit of. I did not like as much. Doesn't doesn't feel quite as good, but uh, yeah, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors was a top-down action game where your job was to play as one of these two kids armed with a squirt gun and run around uh, rescuing your neighbors before the monsters could get to them. There and there are a lot of zombies. They te- they look kind of like the the Plants vs Zombies zombies, and that you know they just withered skull people with like you know rotting suits and white hair and <laughs> you shoot them and they explode and their skulls bounce for a second before disappearing. It's not as gruesome as some of the other ones. It, it just sounds like this. I have no idea what they're saying in that, that clip, clip from the yeah. But uh, yeah, this game also was fairly inventive. It left cool weapons scattered around everywhere. You could find bazookas and fire extinguishers and crucifixes and a 
Weed Whacker, which could not only kill enemies, but was uh, vital to getting around certain stages that were like overgrown with hazardous plants. But I think maybe the most special thing for me was the trampolines that were scattered around certain stages where you could just sort of jump into the camera and then uh, hop off perfectly harmlessly in any direction. Just hit the ground and keep, keep running. It's only possible on the SNES, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what was that technology that they were... It was, uh, mode 7? Mode, mode 7, seven. Maybe Mode 7. Yeah. Must fight blast processing. I'm trying to find the... Mag- there was a By the way, we have another female protagonist named Julie in a zombie yeah. game. This We have a trend on this list. Yeah. This is Zeke and Julie. It's like the, the entire games industry only knows one girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very 80s name, yeah, like Julie. Julie. Yeah, okay, yeah. You knew a lot of sense. Julies growing up. Um, this is uh this is LucasArts, yes, by the way. So yeah, it's it is. it's it got is the, like the, it, their signature we, sense of humor with things. We only streamed Dave and I streamed this, but then we jumped to the last level because the last level is in LucasArts itself where there are framed pictures of George Lucas up on the wall and you, you can beat up and kill the people in the credits. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's wow. kind of oh, wow. deep. Wait, no, t- I, I don't I don't remember if that you can actually do that, but the last level is in LucasArts. In itself, LucasArts, you can, okay. You see the people who, uh, mo- they're modeled in the level who created the game. It's one of the neater last levels. Oh, that's really cool. I never, I never got too far in this because after a while, there is a sort of. Oh, dude! It gets real repetitive. Yeah, it's, but it's There's it's not just repetitive. It's like you you start to kind of see the seams. It's like all right, I I, I can see all the tiles that you use to build this level, and and eventually it's just like you clearly just went in here with like yeah, we have these like five sets of tiles, and uh, we're just gonna build different levels with little puzzle challenges and things based around those. The, the, the game is remarkably beloved i'm shocked it hasn't been re-released or revisited before now because it it, i hear it mentioned constantly uh Mm. uh, by pc gamers console gamers retro gamers like kids discovering the game there's something charming about it probably shooting a giant baby i think it was just one of those there's so many lucas arts things that are just kind of lost like who owns the rights to to lucas stuff at this point right didney well, it's like Tim Schafer, the stuff he could get back, he did and re-released that. But this is um the folks, I think we learned how to actually say their name the other week. It's Dotemu, not Dotemu, as we all thought. Oh, really? Oh, really? The bringing, yeah. That's They're the a, ones bringing That's a bringing, much better name, the way they pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dot Emu, it's the the website for emus. Yes, um, for all your yeah. emu needs. Yeah, game. This game is one, I, I never loved it, but like... I, it, it was strong third-party love. I remember this making the cover of numerous magazines. Oh yeah, day. this this is this was a big game. Like I used to always see it at my local Blockbuster. It's got strong '90s kid vibes, like oh, Z- totally, Zeke yeah. on the front. Totally has. He's I, wearing 3D specs. More 1950s kid. Yeah, but go yeah, on. more yeah. of a 1950s kid. Thing. <laughs> no, it's like, it, it was yeah, how people uh, were interpreting kids in the '90s. They would always throw 3D yeah, specs. Yeah, Casey says like, Misco from Back to the Future and uh, Beavis had a baby. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, also this wasn't an easy game. Like I remember trying to play this alone and mm. not getting very far at all. Yeah. It can be tough. And I I was also griping to these guys like watching playthroughs of it beforehand and being like these people never shoot anything. It's yeah. it's like, you know, seeing people it's like you've clearly played this a bunch, you've mastered the most efficient route to do everything, and so you're just you know where all the keys are, you know where all the people are, and you're totally avoiding all the zombies, which is not the point of a game where you can shoot zombies. 
I think about that a lot in Resident Evil Village. I'm like, should I be Mm. fighting or should I just run by this guy? Like, honestly. And inadvertently, one of the weirder arguments in the console wars. Because the death screen, when you die, is blood dripping down until the screen is all red. Mm. Unless you're playing on Super Nintendo, where it becomes purple substance. That's right. And it, it, it just like, it's not a huge deal, but it's a striking difference. If you're a little kid, like, why would you get rid of the bloody screen? The full screen of blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might disturb children or cause them to murder. I, well, now you got to ask which one they're going to include in the uh, hmm. remake. What are they calling this? Uh, re-release. Re- it's not a remaster. It's just a re-release. Just a re-release. I don't think they're doing anything to it. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. maybe it'll I mean, be like, uh, you know, they'll give you the option. They'll... Include every version, and you can play it sort of like they did with um, the the Blizzard stuff. Oh, right. Naughty Genesis version. (laughs) Do you want to play an uncensored Super Nintendo version? Yes, please. Someone should do that with the Shadowrun 16-bit games, because you'd be getting two completely different games that are both awesome. Please make that happen. I mean, they're absolutely different. I don't know how much I want to play both of them. But, the uh, SNES one is that's the one I play. That, that that's a classic. That's... Oh yeah, people compare that one to Zelda for some reason. But oh, idiots. Anyway, <laughs> Zombies Ain't My yes. Neighbors very very iconic. I think probably if you ask many people like what was your favorite eight and or sixteen bit zombie game, this would be the first thing they think of. Well, I think Dave and Dave. I'm, I don't want to speak for Dave, but just like if you played with a brother or sister close to your age, like. This is a really good multiplayer game mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo. A, a simultaneous multiplayer game. Yeah. Yeah. And he, Dave, did suggest it, actually. He also talked about Zombie Nation, which, like, I played a bit of it, and it's like, there's no zombies in Zombie Nation. What yeah, gives? I think I got, for, I got for free when my PlayStation Network was hacked. I can't remember. Oh. No, I don't uh, think he did. No? no it's this was an NES game. game. <laughs> oh, then I'm thinking of something else. This is the one with the flying yeah. samurai head. That spits eyeballs at people. Dead Nation or Zombie Nation? Zombie one nation. or the other. Yeah, you got Dead Nation, probably. Alien Nation. Alien, Alien nation. nation. I love that. Oh, my God. God that title. We're really movie. going back to this era, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> Mike, have you heard the show? <laughs> We're old, oh, dude. God. Wow. <laughs> before we start talking about Alien Nation, don't let him. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on before we go on too many nervous tangents. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, possibly some more Resident Evil Village, definitely some uh, Assassin's Creed. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. I think we're all vaxxed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got, like, my sister came in my house. Gross. Grow up! 
She walked. She walked in my house, and like that's the first time that's happened in over a year. But yeah, like uh, having been around my family with no mask inside, like that's the first time any of that shit's happened in a year. And 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 I was talking to someone about it. Oh yeah, like I'm looking at some of my friends. Like yeah, they're just doing stuff again. And I still I still don't know how to do that yet. I wonder if there's a part of me that kind of enjoyed all the indoor time and the video game time. I just I haven't pushed myself to go out and be social yet. Have any of you? No, or I think absolutely not. You guys are. Well, I'm, I'm still a few days before my my antibody. time is up, mm-hmm. but uh, you know my my two weeks. But I, I, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about it because like I've I've lived like a fucking hermit for the past year and a half, so mm-hmm. it's it's a little strange to like oh now I can go out and do things, but who will who will I see? What do I yeah. want to do? That's where I'm uh, at. I was like, oddly, I, I can. The thing I'm most excited for is to go to Target, which I haven't done. Since oh, I've been going to Target, Target this entire time. Yeah, <laughs> I I got a haircut like I, right like mm. the day that I hit my two weeks after the second shot. I'm like, okay, it's time. It's been like eight months or something. But other than that, it's cutting your hair on your own, like Michael. No, no, my hair was yeah. just growing out. Yeah, it, it is weird to think like, well, I don't need a haircut now, but when I do need one, I'll be able to have someone else do it for the first time in a year. You you have been cutting your own hair got a pair of clippers it's it surprisingly look- easy to give yourself a crew cut uh bullshit not with this fucking god sneeze pubes on my forehead kind of shit like i cannot <laughs> just throw clippers into this mess uh you just give yourself like a little crew cut and it looks like a professional did it i hate oh, I'm very jealous you. of your hair always have <laughs> so in addition to weekly bonus shows over 100 movie commentaries exclusive specials you can get the 30 2010 video games edition celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash laser time in exchange for just five bucks and you'll support all of the laser time shows including video game apocalypse right guys yeah And welcome back to our final segment where we're not going to waste any time. We're just going to jump straight into You know what? I'm so desperate to talk more about this game. I'm just going to hit the button. See what I did there? You see how I, I, I acted like I was just stopping the joke, but I kept the joke going. Anyway, You're doing it now. I'm doing it now. Resident Evil Village. Do we, do we have anything else to say about this game after that first segment? We mentioned that it reminds us of 4. I wanted mm. to dive a little bit on that and talk about how, at least for me personally. Um, so obviously the village angle, you know, both games start there in that village thing. But for me personally, it's the weirdness. Like this is yeah. most Resident Evil games you could say are just kind of pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, bioweapons program, typically umbrella behind it. But like four kind of took this weird detour of like, well, there's this cult thing in this castle and right. eight village is like, well, we kind of got this weird cast of characters that are like these four lords in this village, and it, it reminds me a lot of the cult stuff from four as well. It's it's not like the same cult or anything, so it's if anything, it's more spiritual successor. It's really just touching on similar themes, yeah. but I really do think that helps it. Like I love when Resident Evil gets weird. Like it's, yeah, this it's, game is weird in so many parts. To, to to build on the things I loved in seven to make essentially Resident Evil. Four two mm-hmm. is astonishing. It's it's something that they could easily call this game. If yeah, because because you had the, the 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 cult leader guy, but but really you had the tiny mutant Napoleon Salazar. Yeah, um, yeah, and 
a lot of the, the, the four lords feel like building on that idea. Like, l- let's get weird. Like, specific yeah. weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and both four and village kind of do something that's like, I'm, I'm beginning to realize that, like, one of my favorite tropes in storytelling is, like, I, what I said to you guys earlier was when a spider gloats about the fly that it's captured, not realizing that what it's actually invited into its web is a murder hornet. <laughs> that when the, when the villain just dramatically underestimates your character and just like ridicules you and thinks that they can like throw you into a trap and and easily dispose of you and then you proceed to destroy everything they hold dear but this relates to one of the things i love about the game which is like ethan should not be as competent as he he's sort of like a buffoon in some way he's just <laughs> yes. so down for anything and th- i saw a clip today it was hilarious where someone had just cut together all the times he said what the hell in the game mm-hmm. like every other line of it as well is what the hell what the hell is this yeah. but that he doesn't stop and like you or i would be like what the hell i am gone he's like he's like mike herman trout's duck from community he, it's just this game what? is like well i'm just gonna <laughs> proceed forward and bust on through yeah. like that's what the resident best. evil village is <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just just move forward hope for the best <laughs> i think uh, there's a lot of things I I don't get about Resident Evil, and part of it is love for their hyper generic main characters with names and character designs, but have no real character design beyond How any of that. How dare you, sir? I'm, look, I'm I'm gonna stick with this, and they 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 give their protagonist kind of a nobody status, but like I have never been more interested in what the fuck Chris Redfield is doing. Yeah, um, yeah, and that includes him starring in a game. The, the previous game he started, I have never been more bored by. Uh, is that six? No, uh, I can't. Right, I, I guess, not, yeah, he was in six. He was six one of the seven cast, characters in six. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that, that is a phenomenal comic booky way to bring, to drag the story into a different generation. And yeah. I, I really like that because yeah. Ethan is nobody. I don't, I don't care if he stays or goes, but I'm, I'm really interesting, interested in watching what happens to Resident Evil mainstays. Yeah. And as some, they play some, different parts some of the point, story. Somebody does refer to Chris as that boulder punching bastard. So, uh, yeah. it is clearly <laughs> tied to the original story. That, that's another thing I like about this game is I think it is self aware enough to know like how silly it is at times. Mm-hmm. It, but it's not like six, which is like, hey, haha, suplex a zombie, motherfucker. It's like, no, yeah. it's still pretty straightforward with the action. But it knows. It's like, yeah, this is you're, you're suspending disbelief. You know, you guys not fuck around. I love the knife. Like the knife reminds mm-hmm. me of being good at four. There's you can't kick a guy in the face and then knife them <laughs> on the ground. But there, there are moments like that where you like if there's not that many. Uh, mostly lichens around. You can you can uh, dosi do around them and knife them to death. Yeah. Um, if you if you get yeah. good at it, it takes a long time unless you got that super knife Michael found. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned I, the, I the karambit earlier, and uh, I've been playing around with that, and I'm playing on PS5, and with the dual sense, the adaptive triggers, like it feels really good because it it does something the normal knife doesn't do, which is the first hit like is just arcing across from right to left. But then the next hit, if you keep the combo going, he flips the knife uh, over the other way and then just like oh, for pulls it backwards stab? from left to right. Huh. And and that mm. kind of can hook the enemy and knock them off balance if they're in the middle of a t- an attack. And it feels different. Like you feel that resistance through the trigger when mm. you do it. And it, yeah. Actually, Ooh. that's one complaint I have. I'm playing on PS5 as well. And I, 
I wish they would have done a lot more with the the triggers and the and mm. the rumble. Like it's just like I'm not feeling a ton of haptic stuff or even yeah. like even the 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 controller speaker that can be used really effectively in horror games to scare the shit out of you because usually it's pretty unexpected when it comes out of that speaker. But it's it's like you can just kind of tell like ah oh, they're developing it for all platforms and yeah, yeah. I didn't really do anything with it but i i do like it. it's int- I, I know i sent you guys uh matt and chris the the link and i don't know if you've seen it mike the the puppets that they're using to advertise the game in japan so yeah. weird i have seen but, it yeah. yeah that they made some some web videos of like you know singing puppets of the bosses and uh saying it's not scary it's fun come play resident evil village we're right like animal crossing and obviously that's not the case but thinking about it, it's just like yeah, this this has scares, and it is very clearly a gross-out horror game. But at the same time, I was always having way more fun than I was just running scared. Like, mm-hmm. this is an outlast. This is fucking Resident Evil at its best. Yeah. I, I miss the scare. Like, 7 scared me. 7 mm-hmm. scared me a lot. Like, 7, seven was tense a lot of the time. But I, I feel like when I look back at this game versus 7, like, this game will be memorable for different reasons. Like, 7, I remember the scares. But like this game, I'm gonna remember the characters more. The, and the triumph, oh, yeah. the things that I accomplish. I want to know more about the Duke. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see, that's where I'm. So I'm, 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 I'm deep into yeah. to Resident Evil lore and all of this stuff. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> please tell me more. Mm-hmm. Somebody did point out something sort of absurd about this, though. That it's like, okay, so the four houses that that rule this unnamed village are. Uh, Domitresque, which is Romanian, I think, uh, Moreau, which is French, uh, Beneviento, which is Italian, and Heisenberg, which is German. They all have American accents. <laughs> I don't get it. Why? In this version, we ha- ha- have you tried playing the Armenian language back? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like we don't well, even we don't even get Bella Lugosi accents for the vampires. Trying to, I, I guess to approximate like this is all of Europe. Hmm. Not not hmm. everyone can be Ubisoft and go find voice <laughs> actors that can speak the, yeah. the hmm. proper language. Ubisoft and has accents. developers blanketing the globe. The, the globe. They can just <laughs> grab someone at any time. Here, come do some VM. This is Capcom. They <laughs> they went out and they found. Like, what's the voice actors? Uh, and also, there's actually a video out there of the voice actors doing yeah. uh, mocap for one of the, for the early scene of all the Four Lords. And they really oh, yeah. go to town. Oh, yeah. They're super into it. Like, I, I admire that level of dedication to your craft as an actor when you can still take everything seriously or at least can, you know, be convincing about it when you're just decked out in absurd mocap gear. Right. And a little disappointing though when too. you see the late lady Dimitrisk, uh the mocap actor, and you're like, "Oh, you're not nine feet tall." I, I, but it. but she has like the the angry looking stick that she holds. Yeah, up the, the, the Lord of the Rings, the thing they did with Gandalf, yeah. you know, with with Frodo and those scenes. It's like, no eye lines are up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You're not going to be other than the one section that leans into more of the Outlast style horror. You're not going to be mm-hmm. thinking of it for the scares. And I would say that, that that part is more PT than Outlast, honestly. If it's the one I'm True. thinking of. Yeah. I wasn't going to say specifically. All right, all right. Should sorry. all be a surprise. 
We have done, done a good job of not spoiling anything. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding back for you and well, for the Well, that's the other you. thing. I guess it's worth saying is this game in some ways feels like four, four different games, like little little mini compartmentalized. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, they're very it's a distinct, good way to put it. you know? Because, because I, I think one of the one of the sections everyone will have the most problem will probably bitch about the most is like reminds me of Resident Evil Four in the most fun way imaginable. My water battle, and oh yeah, yeah <laughs> and, that that was the most RE four part. Yeah, <laughs> and and it I, I didn't know how intentional it was until I got to that part and like yeah man this is yeah. addressing four and I, with, and, and I actually thought they were going to have the battle on the boat. So slight spoiler, <laughs> there is a boat yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought they were going to have the battle on the boat because yeah. I was like, there, and I was like, oh, we're doing RE4 again, aren't we? Mm. And then but they yet, did. I remember there was a moment during that as well where, like, the boss jumped over me and, uh, like, just looking up at it and thinking, like, this would have been so much better in VR. This part right here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The only thing I would say, too, is if you're like me and, and a scaredy cat, I'm a coward, um, It don't. So we've already said this game isn't that scary, but here's one surefire way to get through and not be scared. Just read a guide as you go along because the guide will spoil all the scares and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like if you know a thing's coming, you will never be scared in these games. It's just like, yeah. oh, okay. No, don't do that at all. I'm, yeah. I'm talking for the people who are cowards, who are scaredy cats, but still want to experience it. That is how they can not be terrified the entire game. Yeah, and see, for me, like, when I'm reviewing it, there are no guides. Mm-hmm. And I tend to not yeah. talk to anybody yeah, uh, can't look up while what I'm doing the review. Done. Do I not miss that shame of having to email the developer, where's the other half of this key? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even when I get stuck, I tend to not ask anybody. Mm. Like, I won't even email, like, PR and be like, yeah. how do I get through? I'll just hammer my skull against it mm-hmm. until the... Which doesn't always work, but yeah. Sometimes yeah, no, you just get stuck, and then you you f- break down and ask, and it's like, oh, it's the stupid obvious thing that I looked at ten times, and that's <laughs> usually that's the case. Even when you find that in guides, you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I, I was looking right at that the whole time. I've but, always found looking up what you need to do in Resident Evil and guides is the most frustrating thing in the universe because you need to read an an entire like four hours worth of traversal to know what you missed out on. Ah, hmm. oh, were you not in this room and missed this winged key? Then you're never ever gonna move uh, from this spot. I do also mm-hmm. enjoy that the map is a little bit more handholdy in it this is. game. Yeah. Like it is oh. very much like you have cleared this room, and here are the door. Like here, like here's the icon for the doors that you this, need. You didn't clear this room, but here's a lockpick insignia to let you know that yeah. there's a lockpick thing happening in here if you want mm-hmm. to come back to this and figure it out. Yeah. Oh, and here's the thing. I guess it's it's not a spoiler, but hot tip if you're going to play through. I saw Kotaku wrote about this as well. Don't sell your meat when you first get it. Right. Just hold on to Never the meat. Like it, and if you can, just avoid killing the animals to getting the meat. There's a reason for that that you will find later in the game, but don't sell it. I mean, I, I would, I would say relentlessly kill every animal that you meet. Just collect it, so yeah. hang on to it. Just make uh, sure what I'm saying that, that takes up inventory space, space though. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to. One of the scariest moments in the game and <laughs> involves an animal. I just ah, murder yeah. meat. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And you yeah. can, you can actually, yeah, hand the meat into the duke, and he'll mm-hmm. hold it. Oh, I oh, didn't I didn't know that. Are you? Yeah. Kidding? So, so, so when when he when he has the the so this duke cook recipes for like permanent stat upgrades um you can actually hand him the meat ahead of time and he'll hold it even if you what don't the- complete the recipe 
what the fuck? I, I, I need space right now. That would be great. That's, that is so good to know. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to trust that guy with my meat. I exercise for like two hours a day just so I don't develop that guy's belly button. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like it looks like a like a volcano vagina, like right in the middle of his belly. Also, when when you finish the game, so that the bonus content thing, there's like a bunch of challenges that are basically just like sub achievements that you can do that will yeah. earn you money. And one of them is just called slob, and it is like if you do not move uh, anything around in your inventory or stack any items for the entire game, then you oh get that achievement. I. God, why would you do that? Yeah. If you're just ignoring it, then eh. The only thing related to this game we haven't talked about, I don't know if any of us have played it. Has anyone tried the reverse stuff, that, that side game? No, that, no, no. no. The multiplayer game. No, I haven't. Um, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't tried it either. Um, but I have tried the Mercenaries, which does unlock once. You it was a game. sticker on the front of my box that I tore off when I opened it. Yeah, hmm. no, I forgot it existed. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and 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 to be frank. Uh, it's one of the first games I've played that I've left only in suspend mode that like the Xbox has not fucking murdered. It, the Xbox suspend mode has, has gotten real bad. Has it? On the original Xbox, yeah. They just yeah, improved like, it on the Series X to make it faster, actually. So I mean, I, I think uh, the more games involve online connectivity, you really cannot suspend any fucking game. Yeah, and you I have think, to tell your system not to download updates. Like, don't touch this game when I'm away. Yeah, from it. it's, and it's always suspended. Every like, I, I I've picked up play at my pause menu. I've never I've never seen the menu again. Um, yeah. in RE Village. Oh, that's one thing too. Is this game? I think is a little generous. It. Um, I feel like other Resident Evils. If I said, "Hey, restart," it would take me back to my save. This game does have auto saves that it doesn't tell you about. Like, yes, that was my favorite because my most frustrating thing about RE7 was the, uh, oh, I've gotten to one of the bosses, don't know how to kill him, but I have to walk a mile and then, oh, you're here to kill me. Well, what if I killed you? Watch me dance around and give more, more than three (laughs) minutes of dialogue. Like, I don't want to fucking hear this again, man. Let me just get in the fight. Yeah. And, uh, and this game's way better about that. And I was, I remember I yelled so loud when I died. And my girlfriend's like, what? Like, it's going to make me start all the way over to typewriter like the previous game. Never does that. Nope. Never does it's that. It's very good no, about checkpointing. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. There's a lot of stuff coming that we haven't had the chance to play, mm-hmm. although Mike might have played some of this. But I want to hear about Assassin's Creed Valhalla Wrath of the Druids, the big DLC. Yes. It's set yes. in Ireland. Yes. So, so I think – so I had some problems with Valhalla. Like, I didn't think it was bad. But I think England bored me. Oh, cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. And, and I think I like Ireland more than England. Okay. Um, and oh, you, I, you were I, about to make an enemy of me, Mike, because I, I recently did one of those DNA things, and I'm 80% British <laughs> slash Irish. So you, you, don't, you don't say. Yeah, look, never Allen, who could forget? Look, I, I work for a company that was mostly based in the UK, and I said to them, I was like, you know, your landscapes when I'm playing Valhalla seem really dreary. And they're like, that's an accurate reflection. Yeah. yeah. Welcome of to the English country. <laughs> yeah, have, have you been here? The sun comes out like two days a year. It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like Ireland better, and I also think it helped that I, uh, put on uh, my my Avor did not, while I was playing Valhalla, have a assassin themed outfit. I put on a Bayek outfit this time, Ooh. and it got me into Ooh. the mood. 
You, did you uh, like? Or, are you an origins guy like me? Like you love that Bayek? Yes, yes, I, I love Bayek, but also the Bayek outfit in Valhalla has the the assassin white and red. You know, it's okay. very okay. Like, we're in the assassin times. It's it's mm. it's good. Now is this yes. is this called the the druid thing? Is, is there supernatural elements to this one? Is Wrath that why it's the, the Wrath of the Druids? But there's like a, a cult, the a druidic cult, the Children of Danu, that are threatening both the Vikings and the Irish in this. So you have to try and unite them and forge alliances. And and for once, Mike, you actually know this better than I do because I haven't been able to get very far th- into this. Yes. So to answer your question directly. Yes, there are supernatural elements, but they are played, uh, uh, basically the Children of Danu druid cult, uh, burn sort of hallucinogenic fog. Oh, so and it's Far Cry me- 5. Right, and the mechanic is, when they're outside the fog, they're dudes. Like, they're dudes, they got wolves maybe, maybe they got a cat. Um, you know, say a guy has a sling, he throws a fireball, like a ball of burning pitch at you, whatever. Inside the fog, they're faster, they can teleport, the fire guy can now breathe fire, the wolves become werewolves. So inside the fog, they are stronger and more of a threat. I would yeah, have just, you're, you're, on a, you're on a drug trip, basically, and so right. everything's scaring you. I, gotcha. I would have just guessed, like, eh, it's something with the precursors. It's always the precursors. <laughs> uh, There's a little of that, but yeah, so that's how they, they handle the supernatural. Like, werewolves are frightening, because mm. they are super fast, they have combos, they can leap at you from, like, very far away, they can throw boulders. I don't like them, so if I have a chance... And I can get out of the fog. The best way is to move out of the fog while the werewolves are chasing you. And then they morph back into wolves. And huh. I can kill wolves very easily. So. That's, uh, so the, the fog is, is not a, like a story thing. It's a thing that they can throw down and transform in the middle of battle, like while they're in its radius. It's, it's, yeah, certain areas, they, they can't throw it down, but certain areas are covered in it. So mm. if you can get out of it, do so. Like okay. and thin the herd. Some battles you can't. Because I, I thought it was like, oh, it's so so it's like the witches in the main game, but no, the yes. witches you couldn't leave their their area of influence without killing. Yes, them. yeah. So it's uh, like half of the fights are like the witches. Other half is, but it, it's that same idea, sort of expanded out into more of the game. That's cool. Uh, and then the other big thing is trading posts, which are like a different style of settlement, which I actually kind of like more than the settlement hmm. because they're very much Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood where there are trading posts around Ireland. You buy a trading post and it just makes resources that go into a chest. Yeah. And I, I love that that's, that's like so relatively down to earth for an Assassin's Creed thing. It's like, you must travel to Ireland where your Viking quest will be to establish Dublin as a hub of commerce that will last through the ages! <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, but, it's but simple. Yeah, that was yeah. like Brotherhood, man. You, you know, it's basically like this it's like a UI game. You're just in there like, yeah, I'm going to send dudes out on missions to gather my resources from this trading thing. Like, yeah, that's it's, so, it's so simple, just like the Assassin's Creed 2 real estate. And I, I like, 
I like the settlement. I like seeing it grow, but it was also, there's a lot of different pieces to it. Like, oh, the fishing hut and the seer's hut and this. The trading posts are just, just buy the trading post, improve the three things in it, and it makes money for you. Enjoy. I love that. I love when my games work for me. Like, I th- was it Fable 2 or 3 where I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm like a billionaire because my, all my properties are just making mad money for me. Like, that is so good. Hmm. Uh, so those are the two, the two biggest other than the story, uh, which involves, uh, King Flan trying to become the High King of Ireland, uh, at the same time, and there's sort of a religious war going on because the Catholics are there, and the Druids were there first, and King Flan is Catholic, but there's a major Druid character and sort of navigating that, and then of course Eivor is is Danish, who neither side particularly likes because he's not from Ireland at all. Norse. Norway. Every time you say King Flan, I just think we're like in an Adventure Time episode. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, King Flan. <laughs> yeah, King Flan Shinna, he's, he's a real guy. Look him up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, a delicious uh, dessert, Michael. That's all I know. It's yeah, caramelized it custard. Um, so I, I, have, I have 100% of it. I have every trading post, every treasure. I got the cool secret weapons i i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot and nice. let me ask the company man michael is this the last big dlc for valhalla or is there oh, more no. to come oh, there's no more. okay there's okay more. don't worry so so that was that that's my other so in my review which i think is probably going up tomorrow uh, pc mag is a little bit slower than outlets i've worked at before in terms of the editing process um it's uh, Assassin's Creed DLC is coming two flavors, and there is the base game, but more. Mm-hmm. Or yes. we're gonna take a big ass swing. So yes. for like Origins, the base game, but more was Hidden Ones, and the Curse of the Pharaohs was the big swing. Odyssey, it was Legacy of the First Blade, and then the big swing was Fate of Atlantis. This is the base game, but more. Okay. I, I like that you figured out that pattern, and I, I actually quite enjoy that pattern. What I typically do is I wait until both are out, and then I just play them all at one time. And it's kind of like that base game plus more reteaches me the system to be like, okay, yeah, this is I'm getting back into the game. I'm remembering how the game works. And then that way when I'm in the fantasy, big, huge, big swing DLC, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I get it. I get the hang of this. You know? the, the trick here is I don't know what they're going to do because the second DLC is going to be the Siege of Paris. Which seems pretty grounded. So, who knows? I mean, you've never met that many French people, I assume. Then, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, supposed to be like the biggest siege that the Vikings ever attempted. So, yes, yeah, it's, they actually uh, attacked Paris. Ah, fought in your Frankfurt. general direction. <laughs> 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 Sorry, so, you what? You fortress? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, the callback. The callback. So yes, if you like Valhalla, uh, Wrath of the Druids is more Valhalla. Awesome. Um, Get yourself the uh, uh, Bayek outfit on Ubisoft Connect, and you can feel that assassin in your heart again. I did not tell him to say any of this. Just, just <laughs> FYI. Is that a free thing? Like you just have to have a UB Connect account or is that like a... I think it, it's either free or it costs, uh, the coins and I just have a, a 
oh, yeah, whole yeah. shit ton of coins. Like I just mm. am am dirty with coins, like Scrooge McDuck. Yes. So nice, nice. Uh, have you had a chance to play any of these games that are coming out, Mike? Or is that something we'll say for next week? The Famicom, Detective Club games, Mass. Well, we all played Mass Effect, but just not right. the remake. Uh, we have. Mass Effect for review, but somebody else is doing that. And Subnautica, I played the original. I have not played Below, Below Zero. Yeah, yeah. Also, Castlevania is coming back for season four on Netflix. Oh, oh, oh shit, right. Yeah. Can't yeah. Wait. I love those because they're like four or five episode seasons, like very manageable to watch a season. I'm, yet I'm not cut up. I'm disappointed well, that this is allegedly going to be the last one. No, I, it, it is 100% the last for, one. For, for, for Netflix, there's there's always a possibility it goes somewhere else, but I doubt it. I, I was kind of hoping that they would move on to like, now it's Simon's turn. Well, so that's what they said. So this season four is the end of this story. Oh, okay. And they will probably do more Castlevania with Netflix so. and Federator. But not these characters. So there's oh, some chance. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, that's fine. Because okay. I kind of felt like after season two, I was like, "Oh, this is a good place to end this this this, this right. arc with these characters." <laughs> I, I, this is the best video game adaptation I've ever seen. Now I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the third season. Yeah, and this is this is the last season. Uh, all of the previous ones were written by Warren Ellis, mm-hmm. uh, the comic writer. Uh, this is the last one and probably the last he'll have to do with the franchise because he got into some extra trouble on the side. So. Oh shit. Oh, he did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone I, someone I liked back in the 2000s, 90s, yeah. of course. Of course. I, I still remember, like, I, I'm, I'm glad he got to get this made because I remember, like, when he was first revealed that he was, uh, gonna write what was then the Castlevania the movie. movie. Yeah. Yep. And he like put out a, a dra- like a scene from the script and it was that scene from the very beginning of the series where like the farmers are talking about fucking livestock or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Indeed it is. And that is yep. the most Warren Ellis scene in that whole series. <laughs> oh wait, I did, I did see the Mortal Kombat movie and I have nothing to add that you guys didn't, but that, that shit is amazing. Mm-hmm. That was really fucking fun. Yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. It's yeah. It's. I mean, I'm glad it was on HBO Max. Like, mm-hmm. I was. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't need it to be perfect or even as good as the first one, and it was. It was pretty. I good would like to see the Miz be Johnny Cage. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that, that's all I care about. I mean, the dude who played Kano, it was hilarious, and which no surprise that you found out like he's like a f- pretty well known Australian sketch sketch comedy actor. Sketch comedy right? guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprise! It wasn't like one of the anti-Donna guys or something. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Sami Zayn chomp, chomp, from WWE, chomp, 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 which I like. So that's <laughs> he does. Look like <laughs> he does a little bit, right? All right. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move along to So Mike had to bail because we're going pretty late, but he'll be back no. at the end of the episode. So, uh, yeah, take it away, Matt. Uh, guys, PlayStation is just hitting it out of the park. Uh, so they there was a news story with – it was an interview with Herman Holst, the, who sounds like a villain from a movie. But no, he's the head of PlayStation Studios. 
Apparently, Sony's got 25 PS5 games in the works at various PlayStation Studios, half of which are brand new franchises. Um, oh, that'd be nice to know. Yeah, so this is this is reported by Wired. Uh, Holstead, play, it's it's so PlayStation Studios that includes the people like at uh, Gorilla Games, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, um, and then I think this also would include like second party people like the um like Returnal would would sort of be like a second party right where it's that's like a house mark joint that Sony published or whatever but um I mean 25 sure. games that that's what you need to do you launch a new console you need to have games to back it up so this is like I mean I reassuring. think in this day, day and age like that's about as much as you can expect at a first party period It's a lot 25 a, games that's that's that that's more than usual Yeah I feel like, remember beginning of the PS4, Xbox One generation, I think it's fair to say, like, Xbox came out of the gate a little stronger than Sony in terms of the first party efforts, and then Sony really, because Sony had, like, the order, and a lot of stuff got delayed, <laughs> but then once Sony started hitting their stride, they, they were just, like, they were way surpassing Xbox, but, like, this time I think Sony learned their lesson, they're like, no, we're gonna come out of the gates and have some pretty good exclusives. Now, obviously... PS5 has been out six months. We've only have a couple exclusives, but it looks like they're by this holiday, there will be several first party exclusives. Whereas versus on the Microsoft side, we haven't had Halo yet. It's maybe Halo is this year, mm. might be next year. Like I don't know. Like it's it's a kind of a different story right now. I'm hoping the Bethesda it's acquisition so fucking, will, but it's will, it's so fucking them. weird until they come up with a a Game Pass equivalent. I have a feeling this holiday season. They're going to be announcing Resident Evil Village for nothing with your Game Pass subscription. <laughs> and that's going to be the equivalent of whatever Sony's first party exclusives are. Yeah, it, it is weird to see like uh, both sides seemingly like lean into their strategy so hard. Like Sony's like, no, we're going to it's original content and this is going to be the only place you can get it versus Xbox being like, play anywhere you want. But yeah. you're going to pay us the subscription fee. You know that, and that Mass Effect Legendary Edition that comes out this week? That'll be the yours for no extra cost on your Game yeah. Pass subscription. Yeah. I'm like, uh, that might keep me busy. I don't, I don't. I may not care about Returnal. But for yeah. those of us who have been able to acquire PS5. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, was going to say, Matt, you're saying like, oh, that's what you need when you launch a new console is a bunch of new games. Like, no, well, you also need new consoles. <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. So we're, we're, we're at the point now where uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are still harder to get than the covid vaccine was like four or five months ago so well hard to get which is so weird because sony came out with some sales numbers ps5's already it's outpacing ps4 um it sold uh several million units um but that sony did come out and confirm they are expecting shortages of the ps5 through this year into next year this like, thing is outsold the ps4 and like oh good for you does that have anything to do with the like pyramid of scalpers on ebay the the pyramid ps5s that are i see on mm -hmm. ebay every day that they keep the only satisfaction is and watching we sold them. an average of 30 units per customer so yeah per customer <laughs> and and it's infuriating and but the only the only and i've stopped looking at it but the the fun thing is is watch them get less of a return on their product the the further and further you go it's like we yeah, are we have a we have a lifetime value of sixteen thousand dollars per customer this is great they're just you know <laughs> buy all these consoles now i i mean they they're aware um yeah i mean but they they they've managed expectations they they did attribute it it's mostly to this uh the shortage in chips it's the it's the semiconductors that that mm -hmm. people just can't get their hands on right. so 
and 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 they have um, both companies have made more uh, in-store promises, and have I think that's that's just starting now. They've never like you have never been been able to walk in a store and pre-order a console since the pandemic has been an issue. And yeah. I believe that that that's just was it Target or one of those companies just like no. You need to do in-store pickup and one per customer, and we're going to enforce that. And, and and no one had done that so far. It does feel weird, yeah, to to like go back to the old the old ways that we used to rely on to be like, oh, yeah, these actually helped us avoid things like these mm-hmm. scammers, not scammers, these these scalpers. these scalpers online that were just they're buying up all the con- they're using bots to buy up all the consoles Ugh. and then they're selling them. So, yeah, it it is. I mean, if that's what you got to do shit man like take me back to the days where i used to get in line i got got in line for the privilege of buying a Ticketmaster ticket to a concert like what the fuck you know mm. like this 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 was not too many i, years I remember ago. getting in line at a target uh th- three towns away for a Wii and was the coldest i'd ever been in california yeah mm-hmm. i remember that too. I lining up at 5 a.m and seeing families with kids coming by at 6 a.m and it's like oh you're way too late you should have gotten right. here on time to get your ticket when they handed them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy. There's something to be said for like the old ways getting around all of this, like with this convenience of tech means, well, it's more convenient for scalpers to do the same thing. So yeah, yeah that's why it's a little weird. Um, there was a leak this week. We're talking about like, you know, semiconductor shortage. Uh, they're talking about the tech in the PSVR two, and it is some impressive stuff. So the rumors that leaked is that. The PS4 2 is going to include a 4K display, uh, eye tracking, haptic feedback in the controllers, uh, and even more. So, um, yeah, this isn't like, you know, I felt like PSVR, I thought it was a good strategy. It was, let's just call it entry-level VR. You know, it, it was a little, like, they, they took the stuff that was out there, like the PlayStation camera, the Move controllers, and they used the lights with that tech, and it's like, yeah, they made it so that it became affordable. It was what four hundred dollars or something like that, compared with Oculus at like seven hundred or eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I play it to this day and recognize I know there are shortcomings here, but like this didn't cost me seven hundred dollars, and it worked it just well good. enough, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it works, you know, it's fine. Like the, I, I think, and also they they improved the with the the second model that did not have the same weird hexagonal screen door effect. It's like, yeah. that was my main problem with the first one, trying to play Resident Evil, and it's just like, everything is like this weird honeycomb pattern. I don't like this at all. Yeah, so this would be a big step up. So it's talking 4K. I think that's per eye, because the original yeah. had a had a 960 by 1080 resolution per eye, and then the Oculus Quest 2 only has a 1832 by 1920 per eye. So this is like 4K per eye. So that, that'd be a huge yeah. step up in terms of resolution. The controllers themselves... If what's leaked is accurate, they look a lot like those Oculus controllers. It kind of like wraps around your hand. Mm. You know, it's it's like you're holding a thumbstick, and you got a thing that like it has like finger motion I, detection. Like, as I play more VR, I, I am more envious of that design as we move forward because I I, I I get a sense how the accuracy I'm lacking whenever the fuck the fuck the whenever the VR like really shits the bed on those awful move controllers mm, yeah. which I, again I still like exercise with VR like almost every day uh, I would really like some enhancement I'm looking forward to something and, I, and to be honest I'm, I'm shocked Sony's supporting it because it is a niche thing it's clearly not the future of gaming it's it's only for 
um, you know, a certain kind of people. It's not for everyone. I think Hmm. that's something we have to recognize as gamers, as cool as we think VR is. It's not for everyone and never will be. Um, And you should have to pay a premium to play it. And uh, but Sony's premium has been much, much, much lower. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it still feels like even with this increased tech, like, I don't know, though, because like I feel like Oculus kind of figured that out and they have the quest, which is kind of like entry level VR, you know, like, yeah, it's, but you really need a rig that can support that. And, no, no, no I mean, not, not with the quest. The quest is pretty light. Oh, the um, quest is, is, is isolated. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it, but yeah. So, I, I mean, this is it's pretty impressive to be like. I think you're right, though, Chris. Like, at one point, we were wondering, like, is the future of the games industry VR? And it's pretty clear yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, like, like everybody's going to need an answer to this, whereas Nintendo and Microsoft are like, we have no plans. Yeah. None. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> we will not address VR at all. But it's it's like what – I think what did happen is they created a market where there was none before. It's like, well, no, there is a dedicated mm-hmm. VR market, and certain people will really be into it. And there will yeah. be really cool, exclusive VR experiences if that – you can uh, make- Ten dollar I and I packs that I can buy for games that I've you're selling to the general populace yeah. for a system I don't have to pay more than two to three hundred dollars for. That's great. Do yeah. it. Do I'm, it. I'm just really fun. excited that like you know if these leaks are true, it's like okay, it's it's not just going to be kind of like cheap tech. It's like no, they're they're this is their chance to be like no, we're going to actually put some good tech behind this, and yeah, it'll probably be expensive and will probably appeal to like an enthusiast crowd, but. It is ridiculous because it was Sony's VR right now is as if the Nintendo said like, yeah, you can use your power glove and U force to to do all all this VR (laughs) stuff. And and they somehow like managed to like reconfigure their shitty failed (laughs) ideas into into VR and they did, they they made it work. It's still part of the box set. Um, Yeah. It's, it's fun to think about. It is. It is almost as fun to think about, at least to me as John McClane and John Rambo coming to call of duty Warzone. Oh yes. The two Johns, the two Johns calls them. (laughs) (laughs) I got that right. Right. It's John Rambo, right? It's, it's, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm. so yeah, this, it kind of came out like uh, call of duty was teasing this. Um, I just love it because it almost feels like a follow up to our recent episode where we talked about like mortal Kombat cameos. I, I'm, I am so here for Gen X to get catered to with our nostalgia for these fucking like 80s characters going in games. Like, yes, please put Rambo in a fucking Call of Duty game. Of course he belongs there. Put John McClane yeah. there. Of course. Put Jason and Scorpion and Xenomorph too. And again, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be that. It should be Bob Odenkirk's nobody and John mm-hmm. Wick. They should all join. Uh, new new characters, obviously none of them women, but um, but. well, well, like in the way uh, Call of Duty's Twitter account was hyping this is actually pretty clever. It's like, hey, does anyone know this guy Survivor John one hundred ninety sixty two? And it's it's like, yeah, he has five hundred fifty two kills. Uh, his ki- kill death ratio is infinite because he has zero deaths. He's only played five games, five wins, seven hours played, and and they were like, oh wait, there's five Rambo movies that total seven hours. Uh, according to fandom, he has killed 552 people across those seven movies. Oh, that's Rambo. Rambo's coming to Call of Duty. Love it. Love to see it. And uh, I think they hyped John McClane with like, um, well, we're having new air ducts installed from the Nakatomi. NakatomiDuckCleaning.com, uh, <laughs> where they say you will yippee ki yay your dust away in your, in, through our air ducts. Who could this service. be? <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. A little too I obvious. Mean, the, hey, look, in my day, Eight years ago, we left. The, these things were still teased. <laughs> that is like 
the opposite of a tease. You just told us what it is. <laughs> I'm, I've so been in that room where it's like, well, do you, do you think people are going to figure it out? And I'm just like, just tell them. Just fucking do, yeah. do enough of this puzzle bullshit. I don't mm-hmm. love bees. I hate bees. Get them out of here. Just fucking tell them what they're getting. That's <laughs> me. I, I hate bees.com. <laughs> that should be the next big viral thing. Yeah. Uh, you know what is viral is fucking Yoko Taro. Boy, he's got some ideas for oh, Monster Hunter Rise. Those um, are some bleak fucking ideas, man. I love it. I love this idea. So Yoko Taro was asked about... He's he's apparently been playing Monster Hunter Rise. The creator Taro, of Nier and Drakengard. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, so he was giving his story ideas for Monster Hunter Rise, which, Chris, I know you and, you and I, we love this game. We play it a lot. Michael, I think... Yeah. I don't Favorite know if this one ever did catch on with you or not. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's not really my thing, but it's fine. So here's here's Yoko Taro's story ideas. Chris, tell me tell me if you'd be on board for these. So first of all, after the tutorial, there's a rampage, and the buff old man acts as a shield to save everyone, but he dies. In fact, he dies due to a mistake made by the player. <laughs> who's going to give me my who's going to who's going to tell me the story? So then he's then his next idea is either the Dango girl or the Buddy Plaza kid dies, and the one who doesn't falls into darkness and sets fire to Camera Village. <laughs> and at that point, the chorus from the Buddy Plaza background music no longer plays. It's gone. Just fuck that, that song. Everything he's talking about is expansion shit. That should be the expansion. Mm-hmm. It's a dark fucking expansion. This, this, is yeah. some, this is some near shit. So the last boss arrives, but nothing you can do will harm it. You have to sacrifice one of the twins and make it a weapon. Make her into a weapon wow. to damage that wow. final boss. Wow. <laughs> and but you great. have to choose which girl. And then after you create the weapon, again, no singing in the background music. Just gone. Just just stabbing a giant monster in the eye with a human woman. <laughs> I, I love this one. Um, as the main characters all die out, they're replaced by generic NPCs, and they slowly start, start to come to the realization that the player is a danger to the village. <laughs> so they start restricting the items and weapons you can buy to make the game harder. Again, fantastic. I mean, Monster Hunter does do that if you want it to do that. Naked quests are fun. Uh, well, speaking of harder quests and naked quests, so uh, this is this is a very near idea. During a super hard quest, the target monster is able to talk. They tell you the true meaning behind the monsters in the village, and we learn okay, the reason why our hunter has a voice in this game. <laughs> uh, too far, too near. Uh, that the, yeah, yeah. And then and then this is very near as well. After clearing all the village quests, you the village is is left asunder. You can only play online multiplayer. Anyone who has lost everything can only go on killing monsters in this barren world. Like, so you can only help other people online at that point if your if your village is mm-hmm. burned to. A I think that sort of that's if you die and kill your whole clan, you should be a ghost who works for no rewards. That'd be really fun. That's that was one of my monster ideas uh, for one quest fucking give this to me i i want yoko taro to work on on other stuff um yeah maybe he could work on the yakuza series mm-hmm. uh although the boys at ryu gotoku studios they've been quite busy uh so as rumored they did confirm there's a sequel to judgment that is coming in september uh called lost judgment that has the most goatsy ass cover art i've ever seen like please please change that cover <laughs> art please please um, but it, it's going to be released on September 24th for both uh, next-gen and last-gen systems. Um, so if you want if you want to keep up with your boy Yagami, 
that's the way to do it. Uh, no PC version, unfortunately. The other thing they confirmed when they when they were announcing this is the mainline Yakuza series is going to remain turn-based. So uh, Yakuza series creator Toshihiro Nagoshi and producer Kazuki Hosokawa confirmed. So Judgment will continue like the brawler action gameplay that you know and love from all of the previous Yakuza games. And then the Yakuza mainline games will stay turn-based just like like a dragon. So, How do you feel about that? Because I did not prefer that at all to the Yakuza games I've played before. So I I was kind of telling you guys in chat, the, the Judgment games have a lot mechanically, a lot more mechanically kind of going on than the Yakuza games. Like there is detective stuff you have to do in terms of like searching a crime scene to find stuff or use your drone to find the shit or, or go, you know, question this witness or whatever that I feel like the turn-based stuff would have made more sense with Judgment and keep the brawler gameplay with the mainline. That's games. what I thought. It, it felt like the opposite, like the one you want to be the more visual novel. Keep the RPG elements too, um, instead of the d- dynamic combat. Yeah, I I think they'll probably reserve the right to change this at any time. Um, I think I just think this is a kind of a function of, like a dragon was a huge hit for Sega. Like they've never mm. seen internationally. Like the, the games have been very popular in Japan for years and years, and then. That was the first one that was like simultaneously a sensation. Yeah, like um, everyone is like, no, you need to be playing this thing. I think it helped that it was one of the first like next gen games, but um, and it's it and it's a fucking list. it's a good game. You know, it's it's a really good game. Um, so I yeah, I mean, I'll play them. I'll play them all. Like I I'm I'm actually kind of in the middle of Judgment right now, the original Judgment, and it's just so good. I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm here for all, whatever they fucking want to put out. That the one thing that I really hope that they haven't officially announced that they said is a possibility i want those the samurai games that they did like kind of those side story games like i think that would be super cool yeah yeah Yeah. i could i I don't care about the psp games uh or the the vita game or whatever but bring me this this the the stuff that takes place in feudal japan i think would be fucking really cool so and i don't i I, I need Kiryu. I think they'll bring him back in some way, like as playable. Like he's just—he's so iconic. But yeah. uh, he's also—he's getting a little long in the tooth to be doing well, that, this crime that's thing. If they—if they continue his, yeah, his his life, his storyline in that way, you know, you, you can play some other stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's for me as a Yakuza fan and a fan of the what that studio makes. I'm just very happy that they've seen success in the states, and that is opening doors that previously weren't available to them it's like right now it's, it's kind of one of sega's cash cows and you love to see it you're like good fucking yes like do yeah. give them more stuff to do you know yes, this, this makes more money than sonic that is strangely satisfying i i yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah play how you like play turn base play brawler whatever it is that's all the news that's fit to play yeah well let's move on to the community segment which is always a segmenting our community last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was uh, what is your favorite memory from Blockbuster Video? And uh, we do have a few responses about this. Samuel Moon uh, on VigigamPocalypse.com says, I worked at Blockbuster my senior year of high school and that summer. I enjoyed it because I love movies. But I have two memories that really stuck out to me. One. 
Blockbuster had a special rewards membership that was nine ninety nine a year and gave you a free mm-hmm. older rental with any rental on Mondays and Wednesdays. I had just started. <laughs> wow. And and someone asked me which days the free rentals were. Uh, I messed up and said Tuesday and Thursday. A manager overheard and corrected me. The customer looks me dead in the eyes and says, maybe you need to learn your job. Fuck off, Karen. (laughs) A few minutes later, I was putting movies back on the shelf and was standing near that customer and her husband. She asked him to hand her a movie off the top shelf. It was The Banger Sisters starring Goldie Hawn and Susan Sarandon. (laughs) She glanced at it before putting it back on the shelf in front of her. Her husband went to put it back on the top shelf and she said, no, that's his job. Pointing at me. Wow! What a piece of work, man. Uh, I li- too, I lived and worked in Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola, Florida? Which happens to be the hometown the one. of Pensacola. several Samoan wrestlers, including Sarah's best friend, Roman Reigns. <laughs> one day, two Escalades pulled up and a group of Samoans came into my store, including Rikishi, Rosie, yes! Yes! Jamal, and teenage Jimmy and Jay. Or Uso. teenage Jimmy and Jay Uso. Uso. I'm a big wrestling fan, but also suffer from extreme social anxiety, so I made sure to always be on the other side of the store from them and let someone else check them out. They bought over a thousand dollars worth of new DVDs. Yeah, so so Jimmy and Jay, by the way, are uh, Rikishi's kids. They're his sons. Um, But yeah, and then Rosie and Jamal, they're all like cousins. It's all this big wrestling family, but I love that. And then, Chris, if I remember correctly... Didn't Roman Reigns like insult Sarah? Like he told her. Yeah, he said she had bad breath. <laughs> but 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 that that was as that was as Joe in uh in middle school. Yeah, not as Roman Reigns. Right. He didn't say that to her as an adult. <laughs> okay, uh, like wow, goddamn, <laughs> love it, love it. Just like I love that Justin McIntosh says embarrassing blockbuster memory. I was a big fan of the TV show Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. And the show came out with a Nintendo 64 game that could not be purchased. It could only be rented exclusively from Blockbuster. After renting the title, I realized with school and other obligations, I would not be able to finish the game on the return date. I faked sick in order to face off against Ares in the final heated battle. As credits rolled, I realized that game was awful. Did you skip school for Hercules fucking games? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it was only available for rental because they knew it wouldn't sell. Let me give you a little hint. If uh, if they did an exclusivity deal with Blockbuster, yeah, that means they knew that uh, that game was not going to sell and they were taking right. the guaranteed like, money, dude. Like, I've never known more to, more about games than this period and like there were no good blockbuster exclusives and if if they were exclusive they'd all be available for like $9 previously viewed in like 2 weeks I, I know I'm a broken record but I that that documentary created like blockbuster memories and like I miss rental stores but like my buddy runs the best rental store in the fucking city it still exists blockbuster was the worst oh, yeah. the worst Terrible. they gouged you for everything ruined movies blackballed movies uh, tried to like literally dictated worse movies to be made so they could end up in blockbusters. Don't don't be nostalgic for blockbuster. Be glad they're gone. I mean, I, the the last blockbuster that thing is cute as hell. I'm I'm very much sure. behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they no longer have the clout to ruin movies. Yes, it was one of the worst for movies. It was one of the worst companies that has ever existed. Uh, Netflix is the exact opposite that like invests in independent talent. Like, yeah, make whatever you want. Mr. Scorsese, 
Mr. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. NR2. Like, whatever you wanted to do, do do that. Like, Blockbuster never did that. Uh, they would buy the worst fucking game, Mr. Glover and, and Hercules, the legendary journeys. Wasn't wasn't Final Fight Guy a Blockbuster exclusive at one point? I think maybe, yeah. yeah. Damn, and uh, but like and it was like they they did that like one year before everything was emulatable, so it's like it just didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter at all. Um, uh, and, but Andrew Harbor says, um, and we edited this for length. Uh, after uh, falling out with a local mom and pop shop over some questionable aid fees, I blew them off and never returned. Uh, with nowhere to turn to vid- for video game rentals, I was literally thrust into the arms of Blockbuster. My favorite Blockbuster experience was def- definitely renting Dreamcast pre-launch. <laughs> what? Uh, with a copy of Virtual Fighter 3 TB, uh, Sonic Adventure, and Ready to Rumble, Damn. and falling in love with the system over a week, I ended up purchasing a Dreamcast at launch and rented countless awesome games for it. I, I-, I saw this week, um, I don't want to say the company, they, 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 they're releasing Dreamcast shirts. And they're re-releasing a, a version of the shirt. I, you guys know me. You've seen me on at least video this last year. The oldest shirt I have in my life is my Sega Dreamcast pre-order shirt. Yeah. And I'm, I was legit bummed. Like, you're selling a version of that? Bummer. That's evil. Yeah, I pre-ordered. That's, that's a, that was an exclusive, man. What the fuck? That's evil. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I earned this fucking shirt. I'm so, sh- I have shirts that I bought a month ago with holes and like cat. The Dreamcast shirt has never broken. It, 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 it's barely flaked wow. around the logo. I almost feel so guilty that like Andrew was there day one buying a Dreamcast at launch and like under a year later, I was like there for the fire sale to get like a Dreamcast plus oh. like five games for like a hundred dollars total. Like fucking sorry, the vultures. I loved it. I fucking love the Dreamcast. It was such a bummer because like you were buying something you knew was dying or had died already, and you're like, "This is the best system I have." Like, why? Why is this thing dying? But you know, it it should have been like the the thing that made gamers shut the fuck up about attacking companies because the Dreamcast did everything you're supposed to do correctly, and it was cheap as fuck, and you could all get one for nothing. And it still died. Mine was a hundred. I got it and, when it was a hundred dollars. They dropped the price to a hundred bucks. Plus, all the games were like, like I said, like fire sale. It was like oh, fifteen dollars for like good games. Like launch, launch with a Sonic game had House of the Dead games on it. Had weird peripherals. That like the thing was too one ninety nine at launch, and like and it's it was online for free, and like no one gave a shit. It did everything correct. Yeah, and that's why I think most people champion the Dreamcast is one of the best, yeah. it, the most underrated system. Except ever to be called PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. The one thing it did wrong. I actually, yeah, I was at the DVDs. grocery store a few weeks ago, and I saw a woman who worked there disappearing into the employee area, wearing a hoodie with the swirl logo on the black back that said yeah. "It's still thinking." I'm like, what is oh, that? Shit. That's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, two years ago there was a fake thing about the Dreamcast coming back for 2019. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. And that didn't happen. The Dreamcast nope. 2. Nope. Uh, well, moving on, David Charles Hatfield says, Where to begin? Where I to worked begin? at Blockbuster uh... as a clerk and manager in the late 90s. I guess my most cromulent story would be when I had to stay overnight while carpets got cleaned. I took a bunch of memory cards and ripped monster data for Monster Rancher from every game not checked out. 
Also, <laughs> George Romero always had late fees on children's tapes. What? <laughs> I I was baffled. I, I I also baffled people by putting Chubby Rain as a movie coming soon. <laughs> Is that like a Simpsons joke? Because I that's didn't... a Bowfinger joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but George Romero, like, I'm not paying this Balto fee. Like, a... <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> uh. God damn. Yeah. Okay. So so we do have happy memories of Blockbuster. Yeah. Maybe I was mistaken. Steven Smith says, honestly, my favorite memory of Blockbuster was inspired by watching Scream for the first time when Randy goes on his tangent about horror movies uh, with Stu while working in the video store. It made me fall in love with horror. Uh, the summer, I, I would go to Blockbuster and rent five horror movies at a time. I went in alphabetical order, wow, and got through most of the major franchises. It was truly a life-changing summer for me. That is really cool, Steve. There is something about horror movies. I don't, you know, I worked at a blockbuster, but I don't know, like, the video rental business, right? Because whatever. But, like, I remember my when I would go to my mom and pop shop before Blockbuster put them out of business, like, half the store was horror movies. And so I think... I have to believe yeah. that like horror movies are consistent earners. Like Chris, we always talk about like that Chucky promo where he talks about like, yeah, yeah how much you're going to earn this much on this video and all this stuff. Eighty nine ninety nine is all you got to put down and you're going to make so much money off this Chucky rental. I think horror movies are like consistent earners for video stores or like that's a but thing it, that people will like check out and, you know, for parties. And but stuff if you like didn't that. see that blockbuster documentary, you know, they, I think they overshadow it real quick. They talked to Lloyd Kaufman. And he's like, "Fuck this place! Those people wouldn't carry any of our shit huh. if it wasn't if it wasn't rated by the MPAA. It, it you couldn't get there, which was expensive to do. Mm. Um, and they they just cut them off. But like, yeah, like most of our favorite. Like, can you imagine if like Dead Alive came out and like needed Blockbuster su- to support it? It never would have worked." Peter Jackson would be an unknown. Well, since you mentioned Peter Jackson, I was about to say, like, I still have memories of when I was in college trying to track down a rental copy of Meet the Feebles. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Calling every Blockbuster and Hollywood video in the area. That was the the competitor to Blockbuster that people forget existed, Hollywood video. Yeah. And, And every single time, without fail, do you have a copy of Meet the Feebles? Meet the Deedles? No, not the <laughs> Surfer Kid movies. I want the one where the rabbit fucks a hippo until he gets AIDS, and we get to see his dick going into the vagina. Uh, it's a puppet movie. It's fantastic. And I rented mine from Movie Gallery. I have better Movie Gallery memories, because they rented PC games. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. That's <laughs> naive. So you could, in- you could do a full install. <laughs> I, I remember wishing that was a thing when I first got a PC. I'm like, God, someone's got to rent these games. And then, yeah, I was like, well, you can install them. So, mm. yeah. Like, and yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that puppet movie, the obscene puppet movie, was made by the eventual director of Lord of the Rings, yes, who has emerged the lovely bones. as one of the most <laughs> prestigious and pompous directors on the planet. That's how young the world was. You, when you apply for a job tomorrow at a company of more than 200 people, there's a person whose job it will be to look up all your bad takes on Twitter. Whereas Peter Jackson made a movie where puppets fucked each other till they got AIDS. And New Line said, like, you should adapt all Tolkien stuff. A puppet (laughs) comes neither late nor early. A puppet comes on time. (laughs) Not to be confused with the other puppet porn movie, Let My Puppets Come, which does exist. (laughs) I have seen seen one 70s puppet fucking movie, and it's just like, this is, and I remember calling my friend Carlos, like, 
dude, this is impossible to masturbate. <laughs> this is this is like can just, just drive over and come get this and give me. You something. guys want to know what happened to the Tom Bombadil scene in Lord of the Rings? There you go. <laughs> it's Tom Cumbadil now. The greatest adventure trickled out of his head. Jesse Moore said, I remember signing up for a Blockbuster video challenge thing. I was all excited to play something I've never at least heard of. Uh, the game I got to play for it was Sewer Shark. <laughs> Second Sewer Shark <laughs> reference on the show. So Three here I am playing cards. this awful Sega CD game at a Blockbuster. I think it crashed in about a minute, and that was it. Damn. And... and and if you, uh, uh, Melendez isn't here to, like, they, they were, um, in on early esports fighting game tournaments for, with Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. 1, and that was held by Movie Gallery, and he would just travel to every, no Movie Gallery held a, a tournament on the same day, so he and his friends won free games everywhere throughout the Southeast, because they just traveled to wherever was having the competition. It was fucking. I awesome. hate them already. Would give away free I would games. have hated those guys. Like fucking. Like no, but like if you if you have to remember, like not a lot of people showed up. It yeah. was like a thing. It was like a, a flyer in the window. Play this game competitively. You've never played before. People weren't upset. Most people were playing a game they they would have to pay to play otherwise. Ah, uh, oh, I didn't win. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, your Wolverine killed my Magneto. Boohoo. Um, you didn't know. You didn't know at the time. But they did. I, yeah, they I never, I never went to those local game competitions. I think I always assumed it was going to be the bully that beat my ass at Street Fighter Two that would show up to those. Never. But like, he's hmm. not smart enough to play more versus Capcom Two. I assure you. Yeah. <laughs> we have a video answer from Mike Amari who says, "Hey VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was what's your favorite blockbuster memory? Now it's interesting because I remember growing up in the time before blockbuster uh, video stores." Uh, we had a lot of locally owned video stores by me before Blockbuster came in. But I'm not one of those people who hated Blockbuster when they came in. In fact, as a kid, I loved Blockbuster mainly because of all the Nintendo games that I was able to rent. Um, that was one of the most enduring things is every Friday night being able to go with my family and we would pick out a movie for each of us. And usually I would forego picking out a movie to pick out a Nintendo game to play. And so I would always love Blockbuster for that. But my favorite Blockbuster memory has to be walking into a Blockbuster and seeing one of my family members, my Uncle Jack, actor Jack Mulcahy, on the cover of a VHS tape uh, for Creating Rem Lazar. Wow! Uh, Creating Rem Lazar wow. was a 1989 direct-to-video movie that starred my uncle as the title character, Rem Lazar, uh, who what is basically fuck? a superhero-ish character that two children make from a mannequin and magic brings to life and, you know, whimsical adventures ensue. It's a very strange video. Uh, I loved it as a kid. I remember watching it before it got released uh, because he would bring a screener over for us to take a look at. Um, and it was just really, I got a kick out of being a kid. At 89, I was eight years old, seeing my uncle in a kid-focused movie. Like, seeing him as the star of a movie. This is kind of the first time I was able to watch something with him in it. Um, he was in other stuff before this, but I was a little too young to be watching Porky's because he was in Porky's. Um, but yeah, being able to see my uncle right there on the shelf at a Blockbuster on a VHS tape has got to be one of my most favorite memories uh, from Blockbuster. Uh, thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again wow. next week. Wow, like I've seen that movie. It is incredible yes. and deeply weird and yeah. creepy. 
Um, that that guy also was in a Snickers commercial a, a, a few years back. He this is how we find out, Mike Amari. You tell us. <laughs> oh, oh, that's amazing. Wow, that should be small world. that should be our question of the week. Like a a, a relative who's in something weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's what I was telling Michael off. Mike, I worked with a guy who who claimed his uncle Vince was Vincent Chevelli, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and Michael's like. That would be a weird flex if it wasn't true. Like, why would you yeah. brag about that? Like, yeah, my uncle is Vincent Chevelli. <laughs> so that's why you pick someone like him. It's um, like that guy who on Twitter who is always claiming to be a writer on Better Call Saul. And I think Tyler asked him, like, is, are you really a writer? And he's like, that would be a weird thing to lie about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> it would. But uh, it's the Internet, and I've seen many people do it. Mm-hmm. I, I know we had a friend who's even recorded with us. Who was just like, yeah, growing up, I would go spend the night at my friend's house, and I didn't know his dad was Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my that God. guy's supposed to be really nice in real life, too. Like, yeah, you know, he was. He said he was great. He's like, <laughs> unbelievably nice guy. You guys want to ride on my shoulders? Ah, <laughs> let's go to the extended pool. Nice. Uh, I, I swear this should be the question of the week. I want to hear someone you know who's who's involved in something famous or infamous. What the fuck? Michael Mari's <laughs> uncle is Rem Lazar? <laughs> That's insane. That's insane to tie those together. The world's not allowed to be that small. Um, but uh, I don't know if it was an accident. But well, well, one, I love that my uncle uh, worked at the uh, Bulgarian American Institute. And they were filming a movie with Parker Lewis in it. And so all of a sudden he's like a major character because he's the only one in Bulgaria who speaks English. <laughs> so uh, if you've ever watched the movie Mansquito and Parker Lewis calls up a doctor, um, my uncle's name is misspelled in the credits, but it's very much an Antista. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the guy who's like, yeah, they fundamentally altered his DNA. Also, I'm very clearly not a fucking professional actor. Uh, my uncle is in that movie, but my my favorite thing was the late la- Laser Time community. I I think organically found the book about the Seinfeld kid about the because the cover is awful. It's him lighting up a cigarette on a talk show, talking about how he came out of a coma uh, during a Seinfeld episode, and he got to go to the Seinfeld set afterwards and did the talk show circuit and was very like weirdly 90s famous and uh i was gonna type something that i saw steve my friend steve and melendez were like we all grew up with that guy we we know exactly who he is we remember when when this happened because it was like at the time he was our friend who was never gonna wake up from a coma and did because uh he was watching an episode of seinfeld was on and he just starts going kramer kramer and they, they turn the fucking volume up, and he comes out of a, a, a one-month coma, which if you know anything about comas, you're never supposed to come out of a coma after a month. Yeah, most people don't. And he did because of Seinfeld. And he wrote a book about it. He was on a bunch of talk shows about it. He is not alive anymore, but the Laser Time community was like, oh, shit, here's the thing. And it was it was surreal seeing how many people I had who have grown up with me, who are also in the laser type community. I'm like, yeah, that's Dan. We all know Dan. I, I have a schizophrenic guy every day who asks me, where's Dan? Because he doesn't know he's dead and also doesn't know I'm not another Chris. 
Um, growing up in Florida is weird. I guess so. I have one that's kind of, I don't know if it's a cheat, but obviously I have a lot of these because I worked at a movie studio. And you grew up in L.A. Well, Riverside. Uh, it's it's the L.A. that people make fun of. Um, no, this is, this is to me, was a big deal. Um, I, I worked with a woman at Fox. Uh, her name was Lisa. That I, I found out that her husband was the producer of one of my favorite random 80s movies of all time. I love the movie License to Drive, starring the Corys. And her husband, Andrew, was a producer on that movie. Turns out, he was also a producer on Waterworld and Cable Guy what and Idle fuck? Hands and all of oh these fucking God. things. But Only that great I could movies? give a shit about. When I shook his hand, I told him, I love License to Drive. Thank you, sir, for shepherding that project and making that happen. <laughs> what the fuck? Those are all great movies. Oh, my God. I- and Inkheart, he was a producer on Inkheart. Like, there's so much stuff that I'm like, holy shit! Little yeah, Monsters, producer on Little no. Monsters. That, yeah. and, and and for video games, I remember um, I was living with a girl when I moved to San Francisco. She had moved in with a, a she was dating a roommate of mine. And moved in, um, and she's like, oh, I was I you know I grew up in New York, and um, and oh, you playing Grand Theft Auto? I'm a voice in Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, huh? You are, and like, and it took us a while to remember. Like, have you ever looked at the Grand Theft Auto voice credits? Oh God, it's they're the forever. It, it's one, like right? thousands, and and one of my favorite, but one of my favorite memories was was we had to load up like San Andreas because like three of her sisters are in that game, but they're all unnamed, like procedurally generated pedestrians. So we had it was just it was like five of us like. Let's just play the game until we hear one of your sisters. And we just drove over people for like an hour doing that. Can you nothing. imagine though, like if it was one of the prostitutes that you picked up, like how awkward that would be? Like, yeah, let's uh... She she they she had enough information to where like I am not one of the prostitutes. <laughs> I, I I am not one of the prostitutes. I, I I think my other sister was underage, so she's definitely just a pedestrian. Um she's just someone on the street and we and and credit to that game we play like people who don't play games ran over human beings all night we never heard them never uh we like looking for pedestrians and that's how that's how far they go um getting as many people as possible to voice those pedestrians on the street and they're, they're credited in the game and we could never find them yeah, I can't think of anything like that, but there have been a couple times when I've been on the phone interviewing a developer or something, and they're like, your voice sounds really familiar. Do you have a podcast? Are you, oh. are you on Video Game Apocalypse? <laughs> yes. That's, that's right. That happened to me at Capcom a couple times. Like, uh, <laughs> like a whole meeting will happen for two and a half hours, and, like, uh, and then someone will... Chris, by the way, love the show. I'm like, no, don't say that. I'm not noticed yet. No, oh god, I'm trying to disappear in the background. Which, oh. which is funny to me because uh, you know we've all probably done this where when you first start listening to podcasts, sometimes you can't tell the host's voices apart. Like, because mm-hmm. you know they, they might. Well, there sound... are people who still can't tell our voices yeah. apart. I'm yeah, sure. and it's like we, in my mind, we all sound totally different as I edit us. But yeah, like to them, they're just like, I don't know who was that. Who was that speaking? And I'm like, oh, that was me. Or it's, that was it's my bizarre to think about because the the. The main three of us doing podcasts were me, Brett, and Michael, and there's still people who, yeah, I was never able to distinguish their voices. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Granted, I spend more time with our voices than most people in the universe, but yeah. whatever. There, remember, there were times when like somebody would say, like, oh, it was so funny when you said this, 
And then it's like, I don't remember that at all. And I found out it's like, that's something like Brett said six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Well, I don't know what we sound like in real time because I edit the show at 2x speed. So I know mm. what we sound like as chipmunks, which uh, we would be amazing. We should record an album. We, we absolutely should. By the way, my grandfather worked on that first Chipmunks album. No, he didn't. God uh, damn, damn it. it! I was going to say, God damn it! That would have been amazing. Real good. No, no, no. Uh, no what is the, what is the movie? What is the movie shot closest to your hometown? We, I, damn, we already asked this question. But yeah, we no. did. Look, what we want to talk about hometowns. I've got a fucking uh, disposed of nuclear reactor and environmental hell site in my hometown. So. Uh, Better and yeah, we've done we've covered that already. But well, anyway, um, Michael's own Chernobyl. But just because I'm boring doesn't mean everyone else is. If you have a fa- friend or family member who uh, is involved in something famous or infamous, tell us about it. We want to hear. Uh, go to vidigamapocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 419. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will pick the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Mike, as our guest, do you want to come back and and, uh, give your plug? Uh, Where can people find your stuff? You can find me every day on PCMag.com, and you can find me and my main ramblings on Twitter at AutomaticZen, Z-E-N. Chris? Patreon.com slash laser time. New episode of Stick a Star Wars up. Um, everything you wanted to know about the occurrences in between a New Hope and uh, Empire as we move closer to covering Empire. Uh, but yeah, finally, this show is back and we will continue to do more. Um, new episode of 302010 Games and hopefully new episodes of Laser Time. I'm exhausted. The world is awful. I'm vaxxed, but we have no gas. Um, living all vaxxed up, nowhere to go. Yeah, all vaxxed <laughs> up, and I can't use a vehicle. Uh, but uh, I hope times get less weird <laughs> at hmm. some point, for fuck's sake. It'd be nice. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Um, that'd be awesome. And I'd really love to get back to in-person recording. And that's sort of what I was holding out for. That will never sure. happen with us as long as you're on the other side tell you, of the buddy. country. I hate to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, th- th- there's things we can do, but we haven't even, even been able to travel in a year. Yeah, and yeah, yeah like it's it's fucked up. So what, whatever. But like, thanks for hanging in there with us. Thanks for um, listening to any of the shows for real. And uh, by the way, thirty twenty ten this week. If you like Shrek, this would be the, <laughs> the episode to listen to. Because Shrek nice. is here, it is love, it is life, and whatever you, Zennial, say. This is the part of the show where, real quick, you know, I'll plug my shit. Maddie C. Allen on, on Twitch and Twitter. But I turn it around to you, the listener, because you're actually way more important than you might think you are. Um, you are the way that we will get additional listeners. So if you have not already, I would really appreciate it if you went to Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to us on and just write a review or just give us give us five stars, whatever the equivalent is. You know, tell a friend. Like anything you can do to get the word out about our show actually helps us more than you'd think. Uh, we don't have an advertising budget, so the only way people are going to hear about us or any Laser Time show is if you tell them, and we always appreciate that. So please do that. We love you, and I'm out. All right. As always, you can visit us online at videogameapocalypse.com and uh, follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse to get updated when the show goes live, and follow me personally 
at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Is it online or local only? Uh, I don't know. Don't uh, let's see. Can't see it. Uh, doesn't matter. All right, cut this bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it do- it doesn't say online. So yeah, I'm guessing now we're it's... worried about wasting people's time. I know. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> One sentence. Uh, anyway.